At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. What the hell is up, everybody? Welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. This episode is going to be a... Um, I don't know if replacement is the word. So we're putting in a full episode in place of Waterfowl Wednesday this week. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. It's a short week. Uh, I did a bonehead move and recorded one with Nick J last uh, week, and I don't know, didn't press the right series of buttons in the right sequence or whatever the fuck because we did. <laughs> we had a great, uh, a great episode, if you will, and then when I looked down to end it. There were no numbers on the little ticker, meaning I didn't actually record it. So, that's on me. So, I don't have a Waterfall Wednesday for you this week. Sorry. Uh, And because of the short week and how things shook out, weren't able to hook up with Nick J to record one. So, but, have no fear. I have a Waterfall episode for you because last week I went up to Fergus Falls, uh, David Goose from Goose Brand uh, gave me an invite to come up and join him with Pit Properties and hunt out of a pit, which I did. It was actually my first, like, mm, I'll say it was my real, my first real pit experience. Uh, Last spring in Arkansas, I hunted out of a pit, but not really. I mean, I knew we weren't going to see much, and I mostly went up there just to kind of help him pick up a spread. Uh, But we, you know, we sat in the pit for like three hours and didn't see shit. And then I jumped out and picked up the spread, which was fine. I mean, I, was, I wasn't really expecting much. I looked at the weather. I knew it wasn't going to be – knew it wasn't going to be a banger. So, anyway, so this was actually, like, my first actual, like, I think we might kill something pit hunt experience. And it was pretty awesome. It's pretty badass. Uh, so I won't ramble on about that because we're going to get into it in this particular episode. Um, so yeah, I sit down with David Goose, like I just met and mentioned, uh, the Strauss brothers, Tony and Colton, Cody Palin was there. And then, uh, also Peter Krog himself of pit properties jumped in towards the end. Uh, it was a really good conversation, good group of guys to hunt with and to sit down, drink some beers, shoot the shit with. So this is definitely a waterfall episode. Uh, so yeah, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving coming up uh be safe everybody and um yeah let's get into it here is your like makeshift waterfall wednesday episode on the full scale outdoors podcast with david goose and uh we'll just say pit properties right here full scale outdoors podcast (laughs) 
here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Nobody likes the sound of their voice the first time they hear it. I love my voice. <laughs> David, David. David, you actually have a pretty good radio voice. It's a nice baritone. There you go. It's, it's not bad. Well, David's favorite. When are you gonna When are you gonna have your own podcast? I've thought about it, but I'll just hop on yours. I think. Perfect. You're welcome. Go. Every time, <laughs> right. Anytime, every time, whatever. It's pretty loose over here at the old full scale, as people know. Yeah, we're up in uh, old Fergus. You drug me up to Fergus. You bet. This the first. This will be a first time hunting for me. You never hunted up here. No. I'm well, I, that's a lie. I've never hunted up here, like, officially goose hunting, field hunting, okay, outfitter hunting. So Definitely what did you do? my first time in a pit. I, I used to run out here, like, when I first got into waterfowling, duck hunting. We had, me and my buddy Joe would haul out here and just, like, pick a random WMA. Yep. Um, you know, WPA. And Plenty of those. Throw out yeah. half a dozen, you know, yeah. dozen and a half. Mallard floaters, right. pot buys. Yep. Oh, yeah. And sure. Give her hell. Mm-hmm. Usually end up disappointed. But, you know, <laughs> when you're just starting out, you know. Yeah, I should have had a couple bangers up here. I remember one year we came up, and we left, like, early. We got up here middle of the night, and we're driving around, and every freaking landing had, like, a zillion boats on it. We're like, we have no, like, the sun's going to come up in a half hour. We have nowhere to hunt. We were just driving through, just checking off different WMAs. We went by this WMA. There wasn't a car in the parking lot, and there's like, a little marsh down there. It's already starting to get light, you know. We're like, fuck. Like, I want to go down and check it out. You know, you just, we're just going to hunt here. I'm going to go down and check it out see where we want to set up. You start getting the shit out of the truck. So he starts doing that. I get, like, halfway to the pond, and the whole thing just lifted up with birds. I was, like, hundreds of them on there. I'm like, holy shit. Saw, like, a nice cotton top wedge, and I was like, oh, my God, wedge, and I was freaking out. Ran back to the truck, all, like, hyperventilating. He's like, calm down, dude, calm down. Sure. Went oh, yeah. back in there, set up, <laughs> waited for him to come back. Not all of them came back, but enough came back. We limited out in, like, an hour or something. It was fun. A lot of teal. Yeah, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of guys coming up here for like duck opener and stuff like that. A lot of guys from like the cities and stuff like that. I haven't done it in a long time. I was like, like thinking today, like man, I ought to run out there, old times. Just pick a random WMA on the map. Like I'm gonna hunt that one. Right. <laughs> Just go in in the dark, set up, and see what happens. Yeah, it seems like anywhere you can always take advantage to that first light. You know, no yeah. matter what, you'll get a few. Oh yeah, yeah especially like opening day. Right. There's gonna be teal around and right woodies. And- well, even this morning on the river here in Fergus, we right. shot few divers no duck decoys no mojos nothing and yeah sitting in a goose pit and you shoot <laughs> golden <laughs> eyes yeah and then you the shoot pit. it some mallards well and we had whack and the geese too it was pretty cool yeah that one flock of like 80 mallards i mean they were cupped up locking up and i don't know they kind of banked on us last bank, second there yeah. but kind of made our yeah was, opportunity there jason got some pretty good pictures of really? that one yeah got really some really good, good ones yeah sweet yeah. a full-on camera crew tomorrow yeah, well, big, yeah, big time in it. Yeah, we did uh, some testing today. Yeah. We'll have to show you some after this. It's pretty sweet. All right. Yeah. Be sweet. Good B-roll footage. Yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, it was, it was, was pretty good. We got a uh, 
they were running around with cameras when we're just barking at them, you know, like running down the pit, <laughs> you know, we're like yelling at each other, like, you know, cause we were, we were pretty covered up in them today. You know, we had stuff behind us, other stuff coming out of town, other stuff coming from the North, you know, so. Nice. How many shooters today? What we have today? Nine. Nine. Yep. yep. Nine today. Yep. We'll, we'll have. That's some thundering. I think we'll have 11 tomorrow, so. Yeah, the morning flight was a little bit slow, but yeah. this evening they moved. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't have any wind, and it was right. yeah, it sunny was and I mean, warm, and yeah. so yep. the weather for tomorrow definitely looks oh, was, a lot better. I was working down by Roch, and there, I mean, there was like a 30-pack of hawkers came over me in the morning, headed out to feed. And you could just see, like, it's weird when there's no wind. Like, they have to work so much harder, it right. seems. You know, like, they don't know how they're going to approach the field. They get all... Mm-hmm weird they're mm-hmm. like uh, what yeah. I'm doing yeah it seems to direct them and kind of get them yeah. on course more yeah yeah for sure and just haunting them you're like how do you set up when there's no wind right be way it's harder to read them sometimes too without the wind like today we were like you know reading birds trying to figure out like what flocks we're gonna get to do it and like when they're flipping a lot with that wind trying to cut it it kind of helps you kind of decipher like if if they're gonna do it right you know yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Huh. How committed are they? <laughs> right? Yeah. We should introduce people, I suppose. They hear voices. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Just go to my left. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Colton Strauss. Um, you probably know us as the Strauss Brothers and uh, just an avid goose hunter. And yeah. Yeah. And I'm his brother, Tony. Uh, yeah. We're just the Strauss Brothers. We do some contest calling. We run with David and yeah, travel sure. around and have a good time. But uh, yeah. And yeah, then, and David Goose, people know you. David yep. Goose, yeah. <laughs> I met. Funny story about about Colton. We met at the Minnesota State. Well, I met both of them at the Minnesota State Goose Calling yeah. Contest a couple of years ago, yep. and uh, it was kind of like we had the the two man, and I can't remember who I because obviously I was running with my buddy Tim Steele, which yep. we couple couple years after that we actually ended up winning the Minnesota State two man. But I I knew you for maybe like what. Five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> we're like, let's just do a two man. Yeah, what right. do we end up taking? Like third place, I think. I think so. Oh, Something wow. like that. Yeah. Natural chemistry. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it for yeah. 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 It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 A lot of guys will give you crap too when you first get into it. They're like, wait, so you're gonna donate today? It's like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think I walked up to both of them, and you guys were both standing there. I was like, one of you guys are gonna do two man with me, and I just like. Right. Any mighty more. Yeah. Well, it's funny because prior to it, you know, everybody was warming up kind of in their own area. And then people could kind of tell, okay, well, this guy might be a good guy to, you know, team up with yeah. kind of thing and kind of fell into place there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That would be, that actually would be kind of weird. Like everybody's warming up. You're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> just going down the line. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like getting picked for gym class only. Yeah. Right. Not on your athletic ability, Absolutely. but <laughs> I'd be last for sure. Yeah. You pick last, just like Jim, it's no big deal. Well, well a lot of guys, to too, they, like, sound, like, really good and everything, but, like, the stage pressure, stage a lot of break. them will stick their call. Like, it's just, they're great callers, but just kind of initially getting into that can be kind of a transition, it seems. Or even, even you know, not even so much, like, sticking a call. It's, like, more so, like, you get lost. Oh, absolutely. Like, I've watched a lot of guys, like, get Lose just focus. totally oh, yeah. lost. You know, especially, like, doing a two-man or something. I like, got totally like, lost with you, David. <laughs> totally. I remember that. <laughs> totally. I remember that. I was like, what yeah. is he doing yeah. here? <laughs> lost in your eyes. Yep. Yeah, that's funny. You but just started ripping once we got into that first first hill where we're trying yeah. to 
Yeah, you got to be like all focused, like yeah. just looking forward. Don't look at the crowd. You know, don't look to see if there's a hot girl. And <laughs> uh, those are few and far between. Yeah, the call things. I got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few, but they probably came with their boyfriends. Right. So. Pretty yep. hopeless guys. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not call. A, I would not say that's a target-rich environment. No. Definitely not. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know which way you boys swing. I mean, it's, it's 2020. <laughs> well, no well, judging here. I'm just saying, like, I don't, you know, I'm stepping on toes. I remember when we were at Cabela's checking out David after we went up to that. What was Rogers. Oh, no, we were coming home from yeah. Rogers yeah. Sporting Goods. Yeah, we were checking right. out, and the lady was flirting with Colt, that's and right. he was kind of flirting back, that's and right. David's like, hey, you know he's a goose caller. <laughs> <laughs> we just all looked at each other like, what? It's like. What? He's yeah. like that means she's a good ki- or he's a good kisser. Yeah, a good kisser. Got <laughs> get at this tongue. Yeah, <laughs> those muscles get used a lot, right? <laughs> like today, it's like hard to even move your mouth by the end of the right. day. Yeah, right. we're just yeah. screaming at them all day. Oh, was they just yeah. did, was one of those days where like if you didn't, they just lost interest. Kind we kinda, of, because obviously we hunted like two pits today, and uh, you know the first pit was kind of like a loaf spot, and I think there what it, we were kind of like if we if we let off them they they they'd be just beat it out of there mm-hmm. whereas today we were screaming at them and granted basically they they're like feeding in that field that the pits in mm-hmm. which obviously doesn't happen much but i don't know part of to me this wonders evening, yeah. this evening yep. so. it's hard though cuz it's like a huge field so it's like yeah they yeah. could switch right right and we have beans out in front and then corn behind us and the wind is set up for the beans so it's like trying to to pull them in front where the you know for right the, they're yeah. just it's hard for them to make up their mind but i always worry about that that'd be interesting to get your guys opinion on this like when we're calling and you get those days where they just want to be screamed at it's like but when they get right on top of you we like you don't i'm always like i don't want to give away our position like so you kind of back off a little but then they start slipping and they're like well Right. Fuck, right. What do you right. do? You know, like you, yeah. you stay on it and then risk right. getting Losing busted them. or. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it, yeah, because obviously, you know, it's it's like once you like practice your calling a lot and put, can put out a lot of volume, mm-hmm. like you kind of learn obviously to like lay off them when they're right on top. Right. Of you. But I don't know how many times we've done that, or like when I'm calling with another guy, we've done that and they like totally slide and they right. get out. Yeah. And it's, I, but then yeah. it's kind of yeah. like. Do we try it and then you try it and it works and I don't right. know. So it yeah. kind of makes you. Yeah. That sucks. Like, yeah. You get busted. It's like you know you get right. busted. One, one, you hear them. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, they flare. But it's like you can see the one that gets you too. You're right. Like, you're watching them. You're, you're yelling at them. <laughs> yeah. And this one that's just like. Cox's head. You. <laughs> yeah. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it too is situational, depending on like what type of food source you have. Like if you have beans, like you're going to have to do more calling if you're running traffic on them. Like it's not an ideal food source as much for geese and then also like the weather like today the weather wasn't ideal so it was going to take more to get those birds convinced whereas if it was you know more of a a good setup as far as weather and then also your hide i mean you know if you're hunting out of an a-frame or layouts versus a pit i mean a pit you're underground in a hole so i think you're you're able to get away with definitely more as far as calling on top you know yeah yeah we talked about that today we're going to try to get some uh some more full bodies on top of the pit just to yeah because that we had probably a couple hundred birds working us at once in every direction and you got to stick your head out to know which flocks doing it right right yeah right yeah i mean the the pit is hidden perfectly oh yeah i mean it's it's invisible yeah we've struggled this year like the birds have just been weird for us all season 
And we've been in layout blinds, but it's like you're just constantly questioning everything. Right. The spread, the hide, too many decoys, not enough decoys, too much calling, not enough calling. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and and most of the time our birds haven't necessarily flared on us. They just like decide not to do it. Mm -hmm. And they've been, it seems like no matter what, most days we've gone out, they're acting super stale, decoy shy. Like they'll hit the front of those decoys and just elevator up. They're doing snow goose shit. Mm -hmm. Right. What the? Mm -hmm. It's not like a direct flare where it's like night and day, like, okay, what do we got to change? It's more like. They'll be coming across the field looking beautiful, just, you know, doing the little barely flapping Mm -hmm. nice and low, 20 yards off the dirt, and they hit that first decoy and going up. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Son of a bitch. Yeah. And sometimes you get to shoot. Sometimes they, you know, still cup out and do it. But like well, I think overall fit. in Minnesota we're starting to see a lot more of a pressured goose. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think they're just getting call shy, decoy shy, yeah, yeah. edge shy. You know, you know, we've had a lot of successful hunts over the skinnies, over mm-hmm. silhouettes. But I think the popularity of them, I think it's kind of one of those things you're gonna have to cycle in and out of your right your right. repertoire and your tool right. bag because. I mean, that's the thing. They would hit the front of those mm-hmm. those skinnies, and they would just go straight up. And I'm yeah. like, I feel like we're better off with, like, running the avians on the front line. Right. Well, I was I was real, thinking about you know? that the other day, you know, because obviously, you know, skinnies have been around forever. Forever. And they use them on the East Coast religiously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously with, the, with social media and everything, like, there's a lot of promotion for these silhouettes oh, yeah. right now. Oh, dude, and it's last, so, in the yeah. last two years – it's blowing up. Sil- right. It's blowing up. So with that, there's going to be more yeah. people using them. So theoretically, the geese are going to get educated to right. quicker. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like what's going to be mm-hmm. or like when's that going to happen and what's, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, you know, correlation isn't causation and it's all anecdotal and I'm just one right. guy, right. one group. But it's like what I've been noticing this year, it's like they don't seem to be liking these as much as they did last year. Absolutely. And we put them feet down walking around them last mm-hmm. year. But this year, they just seem to be really wary of right. them. Right. Whether it's them or it's just decoys in general or who it could have been a host of other things. Yeah. You know, like we talked uh, earlier in, in a Waterfall Wednesday with Nick when we talked about it. It's like there's really no way of testing Mm-hmm. decoy spreads or calls or hides or anything because it's not a repeatable thing you can do you can't be like okay geese go back to your roost right. reset and action mm-hmm. we're you know and then right. see if how they like yeah. you can't do that it's yeah. not a, you can't it's not a lab controlled situation yep. so it's it's all just questions absolutely but in my observations i mean i've been goose hunting for a while now not that it mm-hmm. makes me like the expert of experts but it's like when you see something and you consistently see it, you start picking up on a pattern. It gets to be hard to ignore at right. some point in yeah, time. Right. Yeah, I would say something we've started doing is because we've noticed similar things with silos. Like they'll, and it, it all depends on your area completely too. Like you're gonna have some areas where it's gonna they're gonna keep working, but like for us, it seems like they get to about 60, 80 yards, and sometimes they'll they'll you know go wide of the spread, yep. or like you're saying, they'll lift. So we've kind of started to implement our tactics a little differently. Like if we're hunting an edge. Or if we know, like, where the geese are coming from in a lot of our spots, we pretty much have hunted for a long time, so we kind of have an idea. We'll run the silos so they can't really get that weird angle on them. Under the power line. Under the power oh, line, mm-hmm. up okay. against a hillside uh, with a with a fence row, so they aren't getting that weird angle. And then also uh, using full bodies, mm-hmm. you know. And we don't mix full bodies with silos all that much, but I don't think that's a bad idea either, you know, to kind of... I can't get away from my black and whites, man. Oh, yeah. Like... I 
I don't know if it's like a like a mm-hmm. just a self confidence thing for me, but like I just I I I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I feel more comfortable hunting with at least like even like we're running all full bodies. I'll have six black and whites for sure. Yeah, we don't have any black and whites. I I kind of want to get some just because certain situations. Right, you know. To make it analogous to fishing, it's like it's another lure in the box. It's another Absolutely. tool in the toolbox. Yep. Um, and there's been a few times where we've hunted a field. Like the one field, the farmer's like, hey, this is one of the good farmers where he's like, hey, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of geese flying over my field. Mm-hmm. We just cut our corn. You know, like, yeah. oh, sweet. Yep. He's doing the scouting for you. And then you get out there, and it's like, yeah, it's cut, but like you ran the tiller right, you know, the t- right. <laughs> you tilled it up like right behind the combine. Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And Man, I mean, a, a combine cornfield just makes decoys disappear. And it's like times like that, you're like, I really wish I had black and whites because they would stand up. Yeah. You would see those. But right. so they'd be nice to have, mm-hmm. you know, and mix them in. But Right. Yeah. I think, too, when you're running black and whites, like, um, you kind of have to, depending on how many you're running, you kind of have to make up for that lack of realism, too. So you kind of got to add, you know, like more calling to kind of distract them and mm-hmm. take away from that because. I mean, let's face it, it doesn't really look all that much like a, once you get close, like a goose. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. so typically when we're running black and whites, we're making quite a bit of noise, and it's traffic, obviously. You know, we don't, I would very unlikely, unless I was on like a plowed field or something where I really needed visibility, use them on an X hunt, you know. Yep. Right. Um, and I don't, and again, going back to what we talked about pressure-wise, people that are using decoys, I don't think that many people are running black and whites. You know, I think I think the general consumer they're going to be caught by the realism of these photo imprinted silhouettes. They're probably getting those more so right. than the black and whites. Although I know like the big owls, like they're as soon as they put some up for sale, those like half and half <laughs> ones gone. Right, like people were snatching those things up mm-hmm. like crazy. Which I kind of like that concept. Oh yeah, you're getting kind of the best of both worlds with yeah. that one. You can kind of mix them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with migrators becoming such a a new right thing on social media well, people are aware of it exactly yeah. yeah so i think they're gonna yeah keep selling a lot of those mm-hmm. and those i mean it does seem like on a good migration day when you can stop a group a mile high it's like once they decided that they're stopping mm-hmm. their path it's, you almost can't screw it up like i mean you still can mm-hmm. maybe you just gotta yeah. like not, gotta kind of keep on move and, yeah and talk them all the way to the ground right. but it's like they really mm-hmm. they took the time to right stop and turn around like they're it's almost like they're invested mm-hmm. they're like well we're gonna do this right. despite of the fact that there's a truck sitting right, right. there <laughs> i mean how, how many times have you guys seen that we've had yeah it. like we're pretty much done with the hunt and they're like oh there's a rack and everybody's just standing around we just right. start screaming at them and they'll right. stop you're like Absolutely. are you kidding me right now yeah i think it's kind of a combination of things too like it's a younger age class bird they're completely new to the area they're hungry you know they've been flying for how long right. so like I mean, this year, actually, of all years, we had Struggled to really most, keep yeah. on them because we're dealing with an older, you know, we had a really bad hatch the past few years. Right. So, I mean, we were dealing with an older age class molt, ease. and they're a little bit, I would say they're a little harder than the average molt that we've had over the years. They were, yeah. yeah. We had some pull off. Oh, quite yeah. a few. We probably got 60% of them to come in, but we lost yeah. on that, what is it, Labor Day weekend? Labor Day. Yeah. yeah. yeah everybody, it seemed like everybody had a pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Bang. Can't yeah. really ask yeah, for yeah, much yeah. better. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, it was perfect. It yeah. was, yeah. and we had some guys that bumped into us out in the field the morning of, and they had permission too. And the farmer said, "Whoever gets there first, you know, you guys can just hunt together or whatever." And they'd never done a, a mold hunt. And they didn't even like 
you don't know that that was something that was like a thing. Right. And like they saw like what happened and they were just like jaw dropped <laughs> yeah. like kids in a candy yeah. shop. Jeez. I mean, just yeah. like, holy. Like, yeah, the, I'm sure like yeah. a couple guys, you know, from the Minnesota State Goosebumps <laughs> contest show up and start running more. Yeah. Smashing, yeah. Oh, God. It was but fun. They were really cool guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, like the first year we started realizing this thing or learned about it or whatever, it was like three years ago or so, and we were hunting a sod farm. And you know, we start screaming at them that first bunch of the day, just hit the brakes, turns around and they're dipping and diving and they're just, they're going to do it, you know? And I, I like, I like stopped calling. I'm like, I couldn't keep calling. I'm like, it's really hard to call with a smile. <laughs> like you can't, you can't do it. You right. can't blow on a goose call when you're grinning ear to ear. So you like got to compose yourself mm-hmm. and get back to screaming at them. Right. It's like, oh, this is the best thing. I'm just like mm-hmm. giddy. Just like a schoolgirl, <laughs> yeah. So much fun, and that's and it's funny because like, like you said that the molt thing, like people are aware of it now. Mm-hmm. They're trying it, right? Because it's still a leap of faith. Oh, like, absolutely. You can hear a podcast, you can watch a video, you can do whatever about molt migrators, but to go and set up in a field that never had a goose in it and scouting, yeah, probably ever probably never would yeah you know it's just right. a random green field somewhere right. hay field. right do all that work except the decoys yeah like that's it. it's a leap of faith yeah if you've never done it right and it depends on your skill level too like if you aren't you know maybe a you know a very accomplished caller like you know if you're newer to that you know as far as experience like you might need a lot of a lot of guys to to make it happen whereas if you you know if you got a lot of experience with that i think you can get by with less so if you if you're maybe you're not as good of a yeah. caller you're probably gonna need maybe more decoys sure. you know to make up for that type of thing but well and and not to mention too like a lot of it you know because geese are geese you know what i mean you right. can like your weather app will say it's gonna be perfect like right. you know you have all the conditions that you want right and they just won't roll yeah right. they're just like yeah. and you know what i mean like for whatever yeah. so reason. it's like yeah. kind of disheartening for yeah. people like mm-hmm. it takes one bad experience for people to be like well i don't know what these guys well, are talking about you know yeah that's yeah. the other thing too, that you're saying is right. molts aren't everywhere like there's a lot right. of dead areas and like once you kind of learn those routes and you've hunted enough where you kind of know what's going on then you can typically right be pretty consistent about molts but yeah well i just go back and think of our first molt hunt yeah. and we found a feed it was in a little grass field, mm-hmm. little water spot came on. There was like 18 birds. We asked the farmer, and he's like, sure. We'll go out. We I think we had like 40 decoys. We used our horse trailer. We had horses at the time. We were just kind of getting right. really honed in on waterfall hunting. Yeah. And uh, I believe that year had was a really good hatch. Yeah. But we went out. We set our spread. And first flock came. It was like super high, and we're just like. Just kind of watch them, like, oh, that's like seemed like a migrating flock of geese or something. <laughs> you know, we're like, that's weird. It's kind of early for that. Yeah, you know, we didn't even think of a north wind or anything. And then uh, the next flock came. I think it was a two pack, and they were coming to that feed. It went really well. Then another flock was high, and we're like, what is up with that? So I think we started calling at them, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah. you know, I mean, coming in. from the clouds. Yeah, yeah. like, and then it the happened. Yeah, it happened, yeah. and we're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, what just happened? Right. right. And then it just kept on happening for the rest of the day, and it was just like, yeah, so much fun. yeah. I think that was <laughs> so like, much fun. Right. Like the field that we hunted this year on that Labor Day weekend. Like when we found it, we're like, it's just like a gradually sloping giant hayfield, freshly cut. It's just as green as can be, mm. and it's like slopes up but to the south. Right. You know, so like this, we called it the billboard field because it's like 
any goose coming from the north is just going to see this field mm. from miles away. And the hide was great. It was like big rock pile in the middle of the field, mm. tall grass and weeds around it. Oh, perfect. Rusting out cars. I mean, mm. it's just trash in it. You know, right. like, well, this will be perfect. Yeah. Put yeah. Up against this. Yeah. Set out a shit ton of decoys. For sure. And it worked. Yeah. I mean, you can get away with more with molds too, in my opinion. Like you're dealing with a so. younger age class so. bird. They're migrating through. They haven't been shot at more than likely. You know. And like I said, they're hungry. They're tired. Yep. They've been flying for yep. who knows how long. Right. So yeah, they're going to be a little more reckless. Right. Or vulnerable. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 For sure, 100. percent But I guess the thing is, is you know, obviously your odds are going to increase the more and more decoys they have, the more calling power you have. Oh, but it, let's say. Sure. Because molts, you know, they're saying that they're only migrating a few hours north of where you're at. That could be a small town of a few local geese, and they're migrating. Right. You could, Our first time molt migrating hunting, we had maybe 30, 40 decoys at most. Mm-hmm. It was two of us calling. We weren't that good. We were pretty basic, but we pulled down some molt migrators. So right. it's like it is possible for those listening, right. but to have those social media magic days take some yeah. effort and yeah. right. some, some yeah. thought. Right. Yeah. Well, I think on those days, especially like that one, which was like a mass exodus, it just seems like everybody that hunted had migrators rolling in. <laughs> yeah. And it, like I said, you don't know where they took off from, you know, because we've all seen it. Like you can scream at there's a high flying flock and you do everything you can and they don't, they don't even break stride. And they're like their heads aren't even moving. Like they're just, and they right. probably just left. They probably yeah. just left a roost a half hour up the road, you know, like right. mm-hmm. why would they come down again, mm-hmm. you know? But the other ones left from Duluth. They've been flying for two hours. I'm tired. They want to get down, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, when, yeah. when they kind of are probably in the mood to get down, and then you hit them with the call, mm-hmm. or they see the decoys, or yeah. or both, it's right. like, all right, magic's yeah. going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. This is, yep. yep. Oh, this, yeah. It can, it can make a lot of uh, mediocre hunters, i.e. me, uh, feel really successful. <laughs> but <Right>. I think <laughs> with the molt migrators in mind, just think about the field more than anything. Yeah. What they want is and grass and water yeah. that time of year. And that's Which why one do you find not Mike gentlemen would like to grab me another beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta get Cody. Cody on here too. Yeah, yeah, we can jump, jump in. Anybody we're talking talking a lot of mold we'll migration stuff, Minnesota stuff. Let's get right. a Kansas boys. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, mold migration. Cody, you want to hop on here? Yeah, God, on. come on, Pull. roll up to the bar. Hold you on to get mirrors. Yeah, I can come on. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys can sit next to each other. You can talk close to them. There you go. <laughs> Just don't sit on each other's lap. Or whatever, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> How did the Golden Eyes respond to the goose call? Oh, they loved it, dude. <laughs> they they just sucked. Up. <laughs> they sucked, man. Yeah. No, that was a really, really cool, cool kind of like, because that, that pit, obviously, my buddy Peter, um, he just walked in here, actually, from Pit Properties. They just put that in this year. And, uh, yeah, I've never... I've never shot golden eyes while hunting geese out of a goose pit before. That's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah. It was I remember cool. uh, off topic, not really because it's still goose hunting. Uh, spring snow goose hunting, we were hunting in this uh, cornfield. And this flock of redheads landed in the corn walking around. That's hilarious. Wow. They are not set up to walk. They're I th- like I think trying I've to heard walk of that before. They're, they're like yeah. literally they're so far falling back. over. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're like just so they're like falling over chests, like hitting the ground, and they like each grabbed a couple kernels of corn. They were only on the ground for like five minutes, and they took off. Oh, like, right. <laughs> you don't see that every day. No kidding. Would have loved to pull the trigger on it. Some of those things are just like lit up like a Christmas tree. Their heads are so red. God, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So how are how are the molts down in? Yeah, how's the molt migrator? Huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> they don't man. get them, do they? I tell you, most <laughs> it's guys. It's just called migrating, then. <laughs> right? exactly it's like right. it's not molts. It's just migrating. Most yeah. of the time, these guys are sitting there. You know, you see it across the social media. These guys are doing molt migrating hunting and everything, and we're still sitting there playing golf and thinking about teal hunting. You know, in early right, September yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. It's a hundred degrees outside. We're fighting mosquitoes, <laughs> and we can't even hardly think about waterfowl hunting because it just seems like it's so far away. That's so. an interesting perspective. Like you don't really think about it being further down the the mm. flyway. How torturous is oh, that? Having right. to see the people up north yeah. getting to shoot, and you're like, God <laughs> damn it, I got a bass. Yeah, you, he this snapped weekend. me. He snapped me on Labor Day, and what were you? I can't remember what you were doing. Yeah, you were. I think you were out golfing. Yeah, or something like that. We're just like we're out right. you know, smashing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's hard enough for us to see like North Dakota, which only is a couple weeks ahead of us. Right. right? Can you imagine waiting? Right. A month or so. Well, we kind of feel like we get back at you guys a little bit, though, about the 1st of January oh, when yeah. you guys are oh, finishing yeah. your season you do. up. And we you got we got a month and a half left to go still. Yeah, no, yeah. no, you, you 100% get back at yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. When so. you guys get those reverse migrators. Right. Just... Yeah, reverse. So we'll sit there. We get into the, you know, last couple of weeks of our season, which runs in the second part of February. And, and we're, we're catching it coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh, which wow. Is, which is really, really neat because it's, it's, it's everything on the way back is in a mad dash rush trying to get up there. So it can get pretty wild for the most part. So right. this isn't really a reverse migration. It's just a migration in the other direction. Kind of like there snow geese. Because they're still mi- they're migrating yeah. north now. Right. <laughs> right. Like what we call a reverse migration in like in Minnesota is like if you get an abnormally cold, like early cold snap where shit gets locked up, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Well, I guess that would be more in the spring with snow geese where yeah. they kind of start boogieing back. Yep, so they drop back. Yeah. Yeah. So not not so much in the fall. That's what I've always called like a reverse migration. They're mm-hmm. pushing north, pushing north, and then all of a sudden there's a blizzard right. in North Dakota. And it's like psh, they're down. just bailing back yeah. south. But yeah, if the, if you're just on that where it tips from, they've gone down there to winter, or whatever. But now it gets close enough to spring, and yep. they're like, all right, boys, right. Start heading north. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like, which is so weird. Like it's a weird evolutionary thing of the bird. Like how much effort. They oh, put in extra energy used. I mean, to make that oof. trip, and not so much like with honkers, because a lot of honkers only go as far south as they have to. Right. You know, right. and it it seems like there's a wide variance. Some go all the way to Texas, and then some will go to Des Moines or some or, Twin yeah. Cities. And if the weather's mild enough, they'll hang out in the Twin Cities right the whole time. You know, so it's weird how much they migrate. But when you look at like certain duck species, like blue winged teal. Dude, they've been geo-tracked into South America. Why? Texas isn't hot enough for you? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Everglades are yeah. just a little too chilly hovering there at that 85 degrees right. for you. <laughs> you just felt like you had to fly another 3,000 <laughs> miles. You literally crossed the equator. Mm-hmm. What the hell? When do you like, usually see the teal show up? Also, oh, you know, I mean, teal, teal, like first week of September, first to second week of September, really? you know, the first time that we get any that kind of a early, cool down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
So our, our teal season opens the second week of September and rolls till about the, the, the end of September, mm-hmm. roughly, mattering what zone you're in. But, you know, and, and a lot of times they're even blown out of there by the end of it. Mattering, if you get a little bit of a cold front that pushes them through, um, they're pretty finicky. It's no mm-hmm. different than, like, turtle dove season. You A lot of dove hunters down our area, first part of, of September, end of August, you get any kind of a cold push, you know, cold push by kansas <laughs> by kansas terms yeah. you know if we if we're sitting there yeah it's like oh 71 man. degrees yeah yeah oh, cut yeah. glass with these exactly things. yeah and, and they'll push out of there you know it's pretty interesting though because like right now you know i come up here and you guys are you're sitting there you know hunting what we would consider to be big birds for us you know and we we typically later part of the season we'll, we'll get some interior birds some stuff that's got a little bigger size but like right now we're mostly hunting lessers we got mm. a ton of snows right now um, but you'll even see, you know, you see the guys down in Texas at the end of October, they're loaded up with specs already. You get those calendar birds that just when they go, they go. Are snows it's in right. Kansas already? Yeah. We're, Holy we're, shit. Yeah. We're, we're thick with snow geese right now, at wow. least to where we hunt. Hmm. Um, you know, opening. So we open last weekend in October is our opener for duck. We're in a late zone. Um, we got a cold push right before Halloween, and we had what I would consider to be mid-season numbers of mallards, which normally we wouldn't have. We were shooting brown ducks. And uh, it's kind of changed a little bit since then, but every year, you know, it just kind of gets a little more interesting what what that timing and, and certain weather cycles come through and what it's going to bring. Well, I think that really early October cold snap that we had, oh, yeah. I mean, what, that second week of October is colder than it is right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, how but they didn't have the weather north, so it's like, yeah. yeah. But that had to push some. I think up. it did something because I know David and I, on that, the day after or something, we talked and we were both like, we got we got a concentration going on right but then areas like roch and fergus like they were saying they didn't didn't get that push from you know north of us you know manitoba canada right and uh i don't know yeah it's uh if you don't get the weather north yet i mean it's i guess maybe they just condense like yeah i was kind of shocked like wow there's snows in kansas already but because I feel like you can go to North Dakota this weekend right. and probably smash those. Oh, yeah. It's probably Well, did the, did the Dakotas get some snow, kind of like when we did? I you think remember? I might, yeah. They got some, but not a lot. Because we obviously got snow pretty early this oh, yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really early, and I wonder if they got some, too. We got that last uh, – we had the th- same thing last year, but last year they actually, like, had a legit blizzard. Mm. Like, they got foot or, or better in some areas of snow in the Dakotas. Mm. And we did well out there when we went, and we – shot specs for the first time ever uh-huh. like and there was a lot of specs out there and a lot of people are shooting specs and i think it was because that early that early snowstorm kind of stalled them out i think right yeah. which seems weird i mean i just think there's, there's there's just certain types of birds out there that are more you know quote-unquote calendar type birds that mm-hmm. when days start getting you know shorter they just they go oh, absolutely. And, and they don't oh, yeah. they don't need the weather push i mean yeah. there's, obviously there's guys in louisiana shooting speckle bellies right now right. you know and and uh, so it's it, it's always kind of interesting to sit there and watch that. And, and when they go, they go. If you've seen some of those geo trackers on, on speckleberries and other birds, that when I mean, it's there's not a whole lot of holdover. They they just yeah. Haul. That, that's why I thought last weird last year was weird because they are like once they leave like Saskatchewan, they don't stop till they mm-hmm. get to Arkansas, Louisiana. Right. Like they just <laughs> we gone. So it's like why does the snowstorm in the Dakotas right. affect them? Like you're flying a mile in the air already. Mm. Like. Just skip the white parts. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's like, right. why did that stop you? I don't mm. understand. Like, that yeah. doesn't even make sense to me. But it seemed to, because that's the first time, and we've been hunting North Dakota, I don't even know how many years, long time, decade mm. or better. And you hear one, one, 
once in a while. Mm. You'll hear that double squeak. You're like, oh, that's a spec. We might shoot a spec tomorrow. And you're like, get all excited. And then, then you don't. Mm. You know, I think up until last year, my party shot like one. Mm. One random juvie spec. It's like we didn't know it was a spec till we picked it up. We just thought it was a juvie blue. Yeah. Know, came in with a bunch of snows. Shoot it, pick it up, like, oh, this one's got orange feet. <laughs> Sweet. We shot a spec. Right. Yeah, but Colt, last year there was yeah. thousands of them. Right. Yeah, Colt and Cody and I were talking. I think, David, you were talking with us, too, about how we don't get any any really specs at all in Minnesota or even snows. And it's like, why is that? And sometimes you think maybe it's because we have so many plowed fields. Like, is there a lack of food when they would come, you know, especially come spring? Like, you know, well, why don't we have any snows or there's you a know. decent amount shot this year. I mean, not yeah, like I crazy, say, I but say like the last it, few years, it seems. I don't know if the if if their numbers are just getting bigger, right? If the population is expanding, or if the migration is slowly shifting for whatever yeah. reason. Um, but yeah, it just seems like I would say the last few years, you, it's like it's not it's not as rare mm-hmm. to see people shoot specs, but right. it's like. It always happens on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. right, right, right. When they're yeah. when they're rolling through, yeah. you're yeah. like, oh, so and so shot a spec. Oh yeah, well, they shot specs in Owatonna too, in Ortonville, and right. Arizona. It's like, oh, okay, they're rolling through mm-hmm. Minnesota right now. People are people are starting right. to shoot them, but it is still kind of weird oh, yeah. because, like you said, they do have a tendency to just once they leave Canada, they don't yep. stop. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, screw you guys, I'm good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and we don't get spring snows either or any of that. So I, I almost wonder if it's food related. And now even our beans are getting plowed. Like that's, we used to rely on those to get some traffic spots, you know, where it wouldn't be plowed, easy driving, easy walking, decent visibility. And now half our beans are getting tilled. Yeah, know? I was telling these guys when I came up yeah. here, like we, we don't plow anything oh it sounds so nice (laughs) i mean you're sitting there talking parts that we're hunting that they're they're getting 20 inches of rain a year or less and so it's all about conserving that yeah you want to yeah you want to so yeah yeah there's a lot of guys that a blade will never touch the dirt oh that sounds so nice totally opposite up here not only are we tilling but we're tiling everything we don't want an ounce of moisture (laughs) in this dirt if we can help it well and the other thing too is is we uh they, the, a lot of times they'll have the combine going and they'll have the guy tilling right behind him Literally, as he's right moving. Behind him. Like, you you know, or you'll get maybe two weeks before he tills it. It's yeah. like they got to till it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, at least you're getting away from like the three foot till, you know, like the yeah. chis- chisel plow That's, nonsense. I don't even, it's driving yeah. your truck through that and trailer. It's, <laughs> it just sucks all the way around. And there's no point to it. Ugh. It's like, that's, I know that's how your grandpa did it, <laughs> but there's better practice. Yeah. And some farmers are picking up on it, though. Some people, they're, they're starting to go to the no-till oh, stuff. Oh, thank gosh. And yeah. that is yep. great. Like, well, and a lot of guys now are doing You just kind of yeah. knock the stalks down if it's corn, right. and then you plant your beans. Right. Yep, yep, yep. You know, with and that, beans, you right. don't have to do shit. You don't have to do anything. Just right. plant it. You don't, uh, there's no reason to till up a bean field. Mm-hmm. Like, none. It's already a carpet. Think, yeah. I mean, it's just there's nothing there once they harvest it. Right, right. You well, th- you think they wouldn't want to because not so much moisture, but yeah. you're you're tilling those roots and everything up. You get strong wind if you don't have snow protecting that field. You're gonna right. you're gonna get a lot of soil loss just from mm-hmm. blowing off. So yeah, you, yeah. You think they'd rather just keep it on mm-hmm. there until it's time to plant? Right. You know? Well, a lot of guys now are doing this winter rye here in Minnesota, at least in our area. So you know they'll harvest their corn or whatever crop they have, mainly corn is what we've seen it on. 
and uh, then they'll plant rye, and then a couple weeks later, probably three weeks, then you have green grass. Yeah. That's you know, right. and then it's like at least you got something to work with. But when right. it's plowed corn, I mean. Which is nice if you get those yeah. random warm-ups. Right. those birds will switch right. back to grass if it gets abnormal. Like, yep. You start getting back in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like, screw the corn, we're going back to grass. Yep. <laughs> like, or like the no-till, like you're saying, if we could get more yeah. of that. Well, well, yeah, I think it takes a while for things to kind of. What are the crops and the main crops down in Kansas? So, you know, it used to be where we hunted a lot of winter wheat, a mm-hmm. lot. And I think just where, where more modern farming practices and just general you know, ethanol industry and everything, where you've seen a switch a lot to more to dryland corn. And guys sitting there, and I don't know what your average corn crop up here would be, you know, but, you know, like when we're sitting there, these guys are you're trying to raise 100 bushel or so dryland corn. You know, that's, that's a good, that's a good crop. But mostly, mostly corn anymore is what hmm. we're, we're hmm. running, you know. Um, a, a wheat field in our area is kind of almost getting to the point of it being a prized possession, you know. <sighs> you get those warm days and everything, and it's, it's – but it's kind of interesting. We noticed earlier this year not only with the geese but the deer as well that typically we'd see grazing on that wheat, you know, early morning, late evening, that they weren't going to that. It's 75 degrees out. We're hunting, and everything's going to corn, and we can't figure out mm-hmm. why. And it's just kind of droughty. We, we went through about a 90-day period. We didn't have any rain, and we're trying to figure out maybe the feed quality in that wheat's not very good. Maybe it's got some sort of a bitterness to it or something. Mm-hmm. But corn it, might retain more moisture. They might actually be getting some moisture from eating the corn. Right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, it, it was it was definitely odd from mm-hmm. what we had normally seen. So, yeah. Like you say, down there you're getting those little geese. How – how are the spreads different down there? Like you're running almost snow goose type spreads down there for those little geese, aren't you? Yeah, so we we hunt a little bit farther west of what the traditional Kansas guys you would think of. The traditional Kansas guys you would typically think of as far as some of the outfitters and stuff would be more like south central Kansas that are hunting a lot of lessers, a lot of snow spreads where they're they're laying out in white suits and and a lot of silhouette socks. We're, we'll we'll have little geese, but usually they're in and out early, and then because we're hunting more reservoirs, okay. and uh, so then we'll we'll kind of have some more interior. We consider them bigger. You guys just say they're pretty small for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, we're talking in the We will today. take them. <laughs> do, do you use yeah. different calls? Like, do you use higher pitch calls? Yeah, so I typically run – I'll have two sets on mine. One will be a little pitchier, you know, that we can run on, on littler geese, and then we got one that's a little, you know, obviously set a little bit deeper um you know we'll get some specs uh you know where we hunt we almost and and, and the snow goose guys will probably call it sacrilegious but <laughs> we we almost look at the snow geese as as more of a nuisance than anything sacrilegious. Yeah. Dude, snow goose hunters will hide behind a cardboard cut of a cow i don't think they, anybody call anything sacrilegious when it comes to snow goose hunting all it's called cow boarding and it works <laughs> <laughs> it does work it does yeah yeah i still need to make i still need to make the angus the oh. the the, the Okay. The rester yeah. Angus layout yep, blind. Right. I think right. that's, that's oh for sure million dollar. Okay, right. maybe not a million dollar. A couple thousand dollar. Right. Idea. There's yeah. guys that back <laughs> back in the day that used to used to guide down in, in uh, some of the central part of the state that they would uh, go after like sandhill cranes and stuff mm-hmm. and they would have cow boards on both sides yeah. and, and hunt See, them just like right. an a-frame I'm telling you yeah. really no yeah. well, i think yeah. it would work it work yeah i yeah. think so i mean we hunt be able some... to walk out in the field and just <laughs> plop your blind down right. and hop in no brushing in right. no nothing just oh. climb in and the only risk you run is being raped by a bull if you have <laughs> oh that's why you gotta have the bull as your board <laughs> <laughs> there you go. it's 2020 dude uh, yeah, you know, it's gotta worry about the gay bulls <laughs> 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 exactly right yeah. 
This day and age, you never know. Look out for that bull with that little green stripe in there his hair go. and the pierced ear. There you go. You watch out for that guy. Oh, yeah. You don't know which way he's going to swing, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Holsteins and you can have like red. You could do anything. It'd be sweet. Whole whole line of, of cattle layout lines. Oh, yeah. But hunters, it, hunters like to spend money. I just oh, yeah. We need some investors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hardest part would be like, I don't know, because how how would you like sell that? Like, well, if you were the salesman, like honestly, for me, it's like not so much the selling point. It's like there's still logistical problems. Like, how are you going to fold that thing down? Like, that's going to be right. a complex series of poles mm-hmm. and this and that, so that when it's set up, it looks just like right. resting. It'd almost have to be like a, a rolling raft, down. like a blow-up raft that you could, like, stake down. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> those, just blow it up with a pump. Yeah. It, like the, those uh, T-Rex <laughs> costumes. That might work, actually. Right. Battery-powered blind. Yep. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. some, then you're going to get the guys that will get all – they'll totally dark out on it, like stuffers. They'll actually get, like, the hides of taxidermy and actual oh, there you cow. Go. Oh, yeah. Once, once the geese start getting wise to right. the plastic ones, you know, yeah, they'll have to break oh. out the stuffer, oh, yeah. stuffer just, cows. You could just flock it like you do a goose deer, right? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that work? Right. Probably oh, would work. Yeah. But then you're gonna have to switch up breeds. They're gonna get wise to the Angus. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go with the Holsteins yeah. and then those Oreo cookie cows and then Scottish Highland cows. And, oh my God! Yeah, that's just more money for us. You know, we get released new go. breeds yeah. every year. So you right. Keep keep them guessing. Yeah. Yes, and out west, you can have like elk ones. Mm-hmm. No, you'll get raped by a bull elk for sure. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's another thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, another thing about cows too is like a lot of farmers are like they're very shy of having hunters hunt in there. And I, it, I get it. It's a trust thing. Like you have to know that the person's responsible and whatnot. But like cows really don't mind shooting. You know, no, they general. don't. Yeah. And, and actually, I wouldn't recommend like if right. we we're going to use these blinds, I wouldn't right. actually put them in a active pack. I yeah. think you're kind of asking for <laughs> <Right>. trouble, <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah, geese aren't going to know. No. So if you if you're just hunting a random pasture where the the right. cows aren't in it, or it's just a green hay field, right? Especially on like a migrated, they don't fucking know. No. They're just like there's cows in a field. Yep. They see cows in the field. Oh yeah, pasture ponds everywhere. Everywhere right. they go. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. most of the stuff that we'll sit there and hunt after they, you know, you get into the mid to latter part of winter. Most of our guys are fencing off their 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 mm-hmm. corn stubble and they're running their cows on it during the winter. So right. we're actively hunting mm-hmm. in our lease fields or, or or even permission fields that we've got cows in there with us while right. we're hunting. Typically. Right. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So. Hmm. No, they they honestly do not give a shit. No. They're more curious. Yeah. They're more yeah. curious than anything. It's like I'm yeah. always worried about they're just gonna come in and you know <laughs> knock they're, over. They always having their head down. <laughs> And they kind of look at yeah. it, you know, they're like yeah, yeah. diving and they start and you're like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. Kind of back up a little bit. And yeah. We have, we have one ahead. dude in our group that's just like scared shitless of cows, <laughs> which is hilarious because I just, when then we torment them, we're like, oh shit, they look like they're going to charge. charge. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, no, dude. God, what? You have not been around uh, cows much, have gosh. you? Like, they may outweigh you by a hundred times, but. If yeah. you run at one of them, they're right. all running away. Yeah. Right. They yeah. are they are they are a program prey species. They right. have like we have bred out almost every survival instinct they mm-hmm. may have ever had as a wild animal. Right. Like they're just like, Oh, something's running yeah. at me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Thank God they don't understand how big they are. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Things would be the most dangerous things on the planet. Right. Only when you bust out your dog or something and you get one wild chicken Running sitting after. over there kind of looking at it. <laughs> well, well there is always that one best. <laughs> yeah. No, there is almost right. always that one uppity bitch yep. that yep. just is like, yep. she's got oh, an yeah. attitude. <laughs> yep. Where she, you know, all the other ones run and she's like, yep. I think I could take them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, I had that happen. This like, spr- uh-oh. Yeah, I had that happen this spring. I was taking my dog for a walk through a cattle pasture and bumped into this calf, and obviously the farmer didn't know about it. It had been born on the property. He didn't know anything about it. And my dog finds the calf, and we're just walking around. She leaves it alone. We keep walking, and then the mom's looking for the calf, starting to moo, and the calf's kind of responding, and she sees my dog and literally starts oh. bolting oh, towards yeah. my dog. Oh, like, yeah. there's, like, nothing changing. Yeah. So I grab a stick. <laughs> throw it hard on the ground in front of the cow last minute the cow pulls and you know slides left but it was like well my, yeah. yeah the spring yeah. with calves that's a different story yeah. i think the maternal instincts are yeah. going to kick in oh yeah i'm talking more like in the fall like you still right. get that one cow that's oh like, yeah you know they have they have personalities you just get that one that's a little oh, yeah. more standoffish a <laughs> little more aggressive and you're like oh wait that one didn't back off right. <laughs> this could be a problem yeah they still almost like well, I should say always. I haven't been trampled yet, but it's like there's a couple that they'll even like kind of sort of bluff charge you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you just stand your ground right. or even go at them. like Right. Or throw your hat or some it's, it's a little bit of a Russian <laughs> roulette game. But it, yeah. It, yeah. I haven't had one not give it away, right. you know. Just FYI, a goose flag makes a great sword. <laughs> <stick on laughs> <the game. laughs> there you go. There, hey, we there, finally found a use for there a goose you go. flag. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they know what people are, but you throw a goose flag in, uh, they ain't seen that before. Mm, like, what the flash. Yeah. 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 They probably had run-ins with mad geese in That's the spring, right. though. That's I right. Mean, talk about, I mean, the cows in the spring are one thing, but geese in the spring? Oh. Well, they're straight-up assholes. Right. I thought I was going to have to kick one in the face one time because we were just walking down a bike path oh, and yeah they had their babies down there like way down there we weren't even anywhere near them mm. but up come mama and papa and they're just hissing i'm like don't do it wow. i don't make me kick you in the face because i'm not backing down right, like, right i can take a goose yeah i might get scratched up a little bit maybe a couple welts from your wings but i'm gonna win right i mean <laughs> they, they almost get like like over territory oh, too. i mean absolutely. like they'll like go out of their way to pick right <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've seen yep. that. You know a few how times. easy, like, if they really wanted to go after the actual local population of geese in a, in a metro area, they should have spring hunts. Mm. Well, doesn't and doesn't Sioux Falls need, do that? Maybe I don't Sioux know, Falls do does. I think New York mm. does. You know, all you need, all you need is two decoys, right. two sentry decoys. Oh, yeah. so. Put them motherfuckers right. right next to a muskrat hut. Oh yeah, and the ones that already claim that muskrat hut are coming in. Right, right. Yeah, you know that's, that's <laughs> <And> they're <laughs> coming in. They're looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. That's right. a good question too, because like, you know, September is probably some of the tougher hunting that we have. You know, we're not capitalizing on numbers. You know, they had an August season a while back. I think that was, was that two, three years ago we had the yeah. August season. We had it for two years. And it just yeah. didn't go over that. Well, yep. people weren't really – it didn't make a difference as far as they, you know, they averaged the harvest and it didn't – it wasn't much more than just doing the September season. So it's like if they really are wanting to, you know, maybe get rid of some of those resident breeders, yeah. maybe that would be – You'd have to do it in the spring. Yeah, you just – yeah. And, and that's all going to happen – Real close to metropolitan areas too, mm-hmm. so you're right. gonna run into right. a lot. You're gonna have yeah. a lot of municipalities are gonna have to, right. you know, 
get on board and Absolutely. allow firearms where they don't usually allow firearms. Mm-hmm. Permits um, and all that right. type stuff, probably. I, I mean, in other states, you know, Iowa, the Dakotas, Wisconsin even probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But Minnesota's a blue state. And yeah, that's true. I mean, you get the closer you get to the populated areas, yeah. i.e., yeah. the Twin yeah. Cities, you get a lot of people that don't like to kill things and those bird don't watchers. want you to kill things. Yeah. And even though, and you can talk to them until you're blue in the face. You're like, <laughs> listen, they're overpopulated. Like this, mm-hmm. I, I know it's, I know it's a hard pill to swallow. And I get where they're coming from. Like I, I legitimately do. Like the people that are anti-hunting, it actually kind of comes from a good place. They have compassion for animals, but it's just, unfortunately, it's based in ignorance. Right. Like, they just don't understand how nature actually works. Right. They don't understand, like, sometimes you have to sacrifice a few for the good of the whole. Right. So that the, not just that species, but the entire ecosystem right. is balanced. Absolutely. Right. Because if they're taking up nesting habitat, if they're eating right. all the food, then that's less food for ducks. That's less food for all sorts of different shorebirds. Right. Who knows they're overgrazing aquatic vegetation mm-hmm. which could then affect fish it could affect all sorts of invertebrates i mean right. the, the whole right. chain of right. life right they just right. they don't see that they right. just see mm-hmm. this beautiful bird getting killed right and, and that's the end of it yeah. for them they, they don't they don't like that. right well i think another thing is the perspective they have is like the typical redneck shooting uh, something out the truck door you yeah. know and they don't realize how many regulations there are on this right thing. you know we have to plug our <laughs> shotguns we have certain yeah. shot types we're supposed to use i mean there's unfortunately so though yeah. we do still have those rednecks mm-hmm. right in, in the mix, there are some right? and yeah. they give us all the bad right because those are the ones that make the news right like it isn't yeah there's not a news story like right thousands of hunters went out and obeyed the law this weekend <laughs> Yeah. More at six o'clock. Yeah. Like, tune in. Yeah. Catch the whole story. Like that's not a, that's not a story. Right. Like you know. Yeah. But yeah. Somebody dumps a, you know, and leaves it they out shoot there. Shoot geese. They don't even breast them. Yeah. They dump them in a ditch. Right. And somebody finds them. That makes the news. Oh yeah. It's like you dumb fucks. Right. You know. And that's why we had you know do a better job of policing our own. And right. It's like you know we don't. We already have an uphill climb with people that don't hunt. Mm-hmm. We don't need your help fucking it up. Right. Like, right. If yeah. you're that lazy that you don't want to clean geese, mm-hmm. and I, this, I am not a proponent. I am not like saying it's okay to do mm-hmm. that. Could you just be smarter about it and yeah. bag them up at right. least and throw them in a gas station garbage can or something? Yeah. <laughs> or Why? drop them off at my house. <laughs> write your gift them to me. Write your license on the on a tag, right. staple it to the bag. I'll eat them. Right. Like I love geese. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. was a great thing. Like last year, that North Dakota hunt, we shot so many birds. I'm like, there's, there's no way I'm eating all these as like steaks mm-hmm. or jerky or like this. There's so much meat. Yeah. I just I ground it up. I grounded like almost all of it up, mix, cut it with beef, and mm-hmm. and I still have a few packs in mm-hmm. the in the freezer. Sure. And it's it's a, it's a great way to use it. Right. I mean, you can, whatever you would normally use ground beef in chili tacos, hot dish, whatever. You just use that instead. You mix pork mm-hmm. with it. Or I like beef. beef. If I do want to make, because if I do want to make like a burger, I still want to be able to eat it medium rare. Mm, if right. You mix it with pork. You can't. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to do that unless you enjoy taking the uh, the uncooked pork weight loss program. <laughs> and shit, you got tough for three days. Right. <laughs> I mean, trichinosis might be fun for some, but I don't. It doesn't sound like a good time <laughs> for me. Someone, it's a hard pass. I made that mistake with venison one year. I had it cut with pork and then i was like well that was fucked up mm. now i have to cook all my burgers well right. done. this sucks yeah and venison should not ever be cooked well done mm. or almost any wild game except for bear mm-hmm. <laughs> and wild pig 
Right. That should be cooked well done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For the same exact reason. I don't know. I like bear. Any of you guys ever had bear meat? I've never had bear. I want to try that, though. It sounds like a cool experience. Depends on who you ask. Some people are like, ah, it's so greasy. And so I was, like, kind of hesitant to bear hunt or even try it because I'd heard a lot of negative stuff about it. And then I just happened – I was working up north, and the lodge that we, like, stayed at for work in September turned into basically a bear camp. Mm. And so somebody shot a bear, and they cooked some up, slow cooked it, whatever, Mm -hmm. put some barbecue sauce in it. Dude, so good. Yeah. I was like, what you mean by greasy? You mean, like, fatty, like a good beef roast is greasy in air quotes? Mm. Like. Who wants a dry roast? Like, right. of course, like, no, it's fat. It's good. And it's good tasting fat, mm-hmm. too. So it's like, oh, this is awesome. It's like, and that was like, okay, I might have to try this bear hunting thing. Wow. I did try it one year. I didn't kill anything. But. That is a big deal with the bear, though, right? You, it has to be cooked right. thoroughly. Yes. Right? Yeah. You have to cook it. Yeah. Because I thought they, I saw a deal one. A guy, right. A guy that, that they had, I can't remember what it was, that they had, had shot a bear and uh i think done a partial after they essentially had had cleaned it had cooked some of it like out of camp and okay. i think ate it like thought thought it was fully cooked yep they were no nope, you want to <laughs> check that shit with and the then uh, too. and trichinosis yep came and you're gonna get sick up. you're gonna feel shitty it ain't gonna kill you uh but you're gonna feel shitty for a few days <laughs> and then uh then you just have it yeah and wow. then that parasite is in you <laughs> and then if something eats you it will get trichinosis. Wow. So, yeah, like it's kind of crazy. That's right. The meat eater boys got it. I think that's where Did I they saw really? Mm-hmm. Steve Rinelli. Steve Rinelli, yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. know better. But yeah. it was the same thing. They like ate it at camp and they thought they had cooked it well, but apparently not not well enough. And they all got sick. Oops. <laughs> it was a pretty funny story, too, because I remember him telling it about like how his wife was just giving him shit about it. And she won't touch bear meat now. Like she's just like, nope. I don't care how much you tell me it's safe. If I saw you get sick, I'm out. <laughs> I wonder if it depends on where you harvest them too. Like, well, it's not a hundred percent. Like, okay. not every bear has it. Oh, okay, but a very high percentage of them do because they eat so much like one waste kind of like yep. dead animal carcasses, yep. I suppose. But yep. I suppose they, if they're feeding mainly on like blueberries, then maybe. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, they have to eat something else that ha- is infected with that mm-hmm. parasite for them. Right. To eat it. So okay. if, it, mm. if you find that random bear that isn't eating meat or just got lucky and didn't eat another animal with trichinosis then yeah you might get lucky but that's mm. that's that's spinning the roulette wheel <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. i don't think <laughs> i'm willing to do that but the the bear i had like i said it was it was slow cooked so it was cooked all day and mm-hmm. you know it just fell up the meat fell apart it looked like just like shredded beef like any beef barbecue you ever had but i don't know dude i was i was blown away i, mm. I, I didn't oh. had nothing I had nothing but like negative things in my mind about it, mm. but I'll try anything once. There you go. And I yeah. just, I literally reached in with my hands. It was just in a pot and I just threw a big clump in my mouth. I was like, oh, fuck, that tastes good. I think Renelli was the guy that also they tried coyote once. He did, down in Mexico. He said he wasn't a fan of it. Oofta. Uh, I would not be as well, probably. <laughs> I'd try it. I said, I would try it. Good for him once. for trying it, yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll try anything once. Or like mountain you know? lion, you hear about that being kind of. I hear that's good though. I have heard, yeah. That's supposed to taste like pork, mm-hmm. allegedly. Really? Yeah, I've heard not. Actually, for the people that have eaten it, I've heard nothing but good things, which makes me want to try it. Mm-hmm. Because that's like when I tried beaver for the first time, which is really good. It's people that rave about it 
and people that haven't tried it. Mm, like I've okay. never talked to anybody that's eaten beaver and has gone, eh, it was all right. No, if you've had it, you're like, yeah, it's really good. Mm. So like, shit, I'm gonna have to trap one one of these one of these years. And I just happened to find a spot that was like a guaranteed catch. Mm. I mean, the the trail that they're using is like cut a ditch that's just beaver wide for like 15 feet as it goes up into the trees where they feed. And I'm like, mm. that's just the right size for a counter bear to fit into. Like, this is a guaranteed catch, just a matter of time. And sure as shit, I got one. Wow. And then, yeah, we ate it and my wife loved it brother-in-law were like this is i made like a stroganoff with it it didn't get too fancy it was so so good mm-hmm. just ridiculous fat tastes great it's also one of those things they'll do i mean definitely youtube it like how to clean one because they do you know if you nick that caster sack that no good that ain't gonna be good <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's that's not good <laughs> so you got to be careful but that's it's like the caster sacks are pretty large. Like, if you nick those things, you are not paying attention. Like, that's, that's on you. Like, that's mh, yeah. that's on you for sure. I don't know how we got onto beaver and caster sacks. Yeah, check it out. Episode, Peter, Peter just sent me uh, the drone footage of our spread on that point oh, sweet. today. That's oh, yeah, what we had going out. on today. Yeah, that's pretty so cool. So that's a point on the on the river. Why the pit I in see, there. I see nothing. Oh, there it is. Okay, there it is. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, we had a few out That's there. That's sexy. You gotta love those land water setups. It's oh, just yeah. best of both worlds. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, especially on a migrating. Right. Day, right? Like, oh yeah. That's... You got food and water. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. And I think water gives you almost the best visibility mm-hmm. on like a migrating day. Like, yeah. Problem is, floaters take up way too much space. <laughs> like, well, we we, we yeah. brought a separate trailer for them for up here today. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. How many floaters do you have? Oh. Move to what we have. Maybe, what do you think, 50 or 60 maybe? Yeah. Yep. Which that's is, a lot of floaters. That's yeah. a lot of floaters, but it's like it's not a lot of decoys. Like if you said, yeah. oh, I ran 50 decoys, they'd be like, what? Yeah. Why, why so few? But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're so, like, got weights on them oh, yeah. and they take mm-hmm. up space. Goose floaters kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> I like them, though. I mean, it, no, they, they are. Do, they do suck, yeah. but when they are deployed, oh, absolutely. God, they look good. No, they do. And, yeah. and they work for ducks, too. I mean, oh, for sure. I've opinion. always said yeah. the best duck spread is a goose spread, even if right. it's dry or water. Yeah. It doesn't oh, matter. Right. Yeah, if you were to invest in, like, one decoy, I would say goose decoys yep. are going to do a lot for you. Just don't ever buy a, <laughs> don't ever buy a floating mallard decoy right. ever again. Just get goose decoys and yeah. then yeah, some spinners and you're, you're sure. golden. Well, I don't even understand typically why people buy like a bunch of field duck decoys. Right. Yeah, they don't really see like, them very yeah, well. Yeah, right. all you need is goose spread, a couple spinners. Yeah. And I one hundred percent agree with Nick Johnson on this one. It's like the dumbest decoy ever made. The hen, the hen mallard, yeah. full body, oh, right, <laughs> right. In the field, Can't it's gone. It. Yeah, <laughs> well, <that> literally <laughs> designed to not be seen right. from the air. Well, they came out. <laughs> didn't they come out with the camouflage? Did you guys ever see that? The mallard duck, yeah, and the camo. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it Probably on, works great. Apparel and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and then I never really thought about it until that time. Right. Then he he said that on the podcast. I was like. That's a really good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Like I never thought about it. Yeah. But anytime you're dealing with a product commercially that you're trying to sell, you're not only trying to fool the ducks. Like you're, you ha- you're getting the, the consumer. consumer. Yeah. Well, not fool the consumer, so, but yeah, get the consumer, consumer to buy it. Not fool the consumer, but yeah, you get, you're catching their eyes. So right. Yeah, right. Like you, you have, you yeah. know, on a dozen decoys. That's why they usually sell eight drakes, 
four hens. So right. it's like, oh, that looks like a real flock of real. But you don't realize, like, once you put them in the field, they disappear. It right? almost makes you wonder how many, like, great ideas are out there that were, like, our human brain doesn't, like, like we see it and, like, mm-hmm. like why would I ever do that? Probably a right. lot. But But if we actually, like, tried it. Like, it could look, like, super good. Right. You know? I don't know how many of you guys fish, but you go into a anywhere that sells fishing, like, going to Cabela's, how many aisles of fishing shit do they have? And how many, like, oh, how many yeah. different colors of crankbaits, how oh. many different colors of jigs? You need a light-colored jig, a dark-colored jig, maybe a mid-colored jig, and you're golden. Mm. <laughs> it's like yeah. this little tiny fireball jig that's got a little bit of red on the nose and then orange, and it transitions to green. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, pick a color, dude. And the drop the black and blue shit. jig in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those black and blue jigs shit. are a myth in Minnesota. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get stick with green pumpkin, or get yourself a brown with some purple. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you need a light, a dark, yep. and a mid. That's, yeah. uh, that, that's yeah. it. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to have a couple. Yeah. Other ones in the bag just in case, because right. like if you get to a really tough day. Yeah. Where what your normals aren't working. Mm. Well, at that point. All bets are off. Throw, right. throw the kitchen sink at them because you can't catch any less fish. If you're yeah. already not catching fish, fucking throw a bubble gum out there. Right. What, what's it going to hurt? Yep. Right. Pick, pick the lure in your box that you like, I can't believe I'm even tying this on right now. That one just might work. Right. It can't not work anymore yeah. than, than what you've been throwing, so you might as well mm-hmm. give it a shot. Right. I mean, you yeah. got nothing to lose at that point. Absolutely. Well, and David, but, you did some tournament fishing, and I have done yeah, some tournament fishing yeah. as well. So I remember actually Bryce, I, who I got here in the room. Um, we're there's one particular lake that his dad like grew up fishing, and he swore by the big blaze orange jig. I mean, the sucker is huge. He's like, this is how you're going to catch him. So I'm, there, I am tying it on, you know, before the tournament, and everybody's like. Wonder how many northerns you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> First saw them like big bright orange jigs. Right, huh? yeah. right. And we were we were All down. Right. I mean, we had we had maybe five little ones or whatever. And I'm like, I'm 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 gonna try it. I'm gonna yeah. try it second cast. What a, probably like four and a half pounder, five pounder, or something like that. It's just yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it must be the color crayfish they have in that lake. <laughs> must be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I love bass fishing though. Oh, it is. I, how'd that? How'd you end up this year? Uh, I finished second overall in my club. Oh wow, nice, that's dude. solid. Wow, yeah, Good. I won uh, two lakes. Then, yeah, that's. I it was, it was really it was an up and down year. Okay. Because I even the last two events like completely shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Second to last event, it was a last minute change. Like we were supposed to fish Coon Lake. We get to landing. There's another tournament on there. We're like, fuck. Okay. Let's just pick a different lake. So we basically like pff, random mm-hmm. did a quick club vote and pick this lake so obviously all my pre-fishing that i've been doing this uh. throw that fucking out the window <laughs> and i felt like i had a pretty good game plan for right. that lake too i was like God, i'd found a good a good pot of fish right felt pretty confident so i'm like well whatever i just gotta go fishing i've never been on this lake ever in my life but bass is a bass is a bass right look at the lake look at the weeds figure it out mm. dude i didn't even get a full bag i was fucking pissed mm. it was bad my not my uh non-boater he got a bag fishing off the back of the boat that always makes you feel great right and like oh perfect well when you come off really of bag- suck. <laughs> <laughs> well you hope to get maybe like a big bass or something if you don't really have a bag you well, don't have at like, least something to bring in I mean, for me the hard part is like really you can't catch five yeah 12 inch fish yeah fuck do you suck 
Like, <laughs> wow. Just sell your shit. Give it up. Like, oh, yeah. this, you are wasting your time. Some days, boy, it can be. But so then the next day, uh, we fished right. Knife Lake, and I ended up winning that one. Yeah. So it's like that. And that's kind of how my season went. It was, I do mm. really well one one event. Right. Not so great the next. Yeah. But the points I got above. And then um, I had had big bass on the two events that I won. I also had big bass for that, which isn't uncommon. But uh, Jim, who who took Angler of the Year for my club, he won three events. So it's like he should have won. Like mm. he won more of the events. So he won three, I won two, and one other guy won one. Tom won one of the events. So it's mm. like, well, yeah, he should win Angle of the Year. But he, the only reason I was even remotely close to Jim is because he, he didn't get big bass in his in his win, so he didn't get the extra points for the big bass. Oh. That's what put me in contention. Mm. So even if I wouldn't have shit, I, all I had to do was not shit the bed on that second to last one. If I'd have just brought in a respectable bag, finished sec, second, third, something like that, I could have stole it from him. I, I would have felt honestly, I would have felt a little guilty. Mm. Like if I would have somehow snagged angle of the year from him and he won three events and i only won two and somehow i got angle of the year it seems counterproductive to be a competitive angler but i would have felt a little bad i'm like mm-hmm. if you win three events you should get it mm-hmm. like that's half of the events right. for our season sure, right like you you absolutely should win it but mm-hmm. and if i would have stole it just from big bass points i'd have been like eh, <laughs> i'm glad i won but i feel a little bad <laughs> yeah. i need to a win is a win. A win is a win. Right. I, I, I get it. I get it. And I, and I just talked about this with the Minnesota Made guys the other day. It's like my club, they're, they they've been start calling me a sandbagger because every time I go to weigh in, I'm just like, they're like, how would you do? I'm like, shit, dude. I, that's, I caught fish, but they're not the ones I want. And then put them on the scale, and then I end up doing well or nice. win. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like. I just I'm my worst critic. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and then you have those, those some guys that you know if they didn't get a good bag, they don't you know come to the weigh in and they just leave and it's like oh okay. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, if you didn't catch any fish, I understand. Yeah. If you caught one fish. Sure. Right. Okay. I mean, I still don't agree with it. I'm like you got to because for yeah. me for me it's not just about the weigh ins. It's not just about winning. It's like right. I I like my club members. Yeah. I want to shoot the shit with them. Like right. how are you if you're bailing. You're not even at weigh-in. How do you know what the winning bag? How right. they caught the winning bag? Right. You're not getting any information. That exactly. is not going to make you a better angler. No, and You're it goes to show you out. too, like you did something wrong if somebody was, you know, or, or you yeah. missed something or you didn't have, you know. You know, not everybody's going to share every bit right. of information. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of, and I know a lot of anglers and a lot of clubs like they'll actually give you misinformation. <laughs> My club's not that way. Oh, that's cool. Like we have a very yeah. like we want to send people from our club to the state team yeah so whatever we can do to help that you know especially if i'm out of the running for like angle of the year in my club or whatever and it's like whatever information but then there's like one or two guys from our club that are you know with points they're sure. gonna get to the state tournament and they might do well like i'm gonna i will share every little last wow. bit of information That's i have because cool. i you know we want you know, Loon State represented well right. at, at state. You know, That's if we cool. can send some of our members that actually make the state team and then go on to regionals, hell yeah. Mm. Like, why wouldn't you want that? Right. But there, I know, I've talked to a bunch of guys at state, and they're like, oh, yeah, our club is not like that mm. at all. It's every man for themselves. Like, they right. won't tell you shit. If they tell you anything, you already know it's a lie. Huh. So it's like you just throw yeah. it out. It's like, no, that's not our club at all. Yep. Our club is, like, cool. super supportive. And we don't give away every single right. secret. But, you know, like, how would you catch them? Crankbaits. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. 
that's enough information. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> any particular color? Sure, green. Yeah, you want to be know? that guy and like, ask. Yeah. How deep of water? <laughs> eh, you know, there was water. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's kind of like contest calling. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like everybody's there to compete, and yeah, you want to win, but like you're still, you're all buddies and talking, and everybody's, you know, making connections, going hunt different places, and you know, you, you want the best for your teammates, but obviously, you know, you do want to win, but like, you know, you're happy if, if your buddy does well, and you know, it's it's not like some like cutthroat necessarily. Like right. it's you kind of have your yeah. like your calling. Fan. I mean, that's the yeah. only reason. Like, yeah, pretty much Cody's up here. I mean, obviously we're on the staff together, but right. I mean that's really how yeah. we all met. But right. yeah, I, I speaking of that, like I I remember my first calling contest ever. We were at the tent the night before, and we were calling. And like, and you know, I was green. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was. And there was a particular caller that was up there, and uh, he was just shredding. And I just walk up to him, I'm like. Like what is that? Like, what are you doing? Like what? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what mm-hmm. am I doing? Yeah. I don't know what am I doing? I'm like, okay, all right, maybe that's not okay. Like, all right, yeah. I'm I'm learning the right, ropes here, right? <laughs> but, well, it's yeah. like anything too. Like you were saying, Dale. Like, there's some guys that are gonna be that way, and yeah. there's some that aren't. Even in the right. calling contest, there are some people that you know they aren't gonna. You know, they kind of think they're the the stuff. But you know, the thing is, like, and it depends. Yeah. You know, like if it's one of those like a lake right. that you throw a sink under a dock and you're going to catch fish. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't take a shit ton of skill. That's one thing. Like you don't want to tell people a spot. Yeah. But a lot of times, especially if it's an off water spot, this comes into play. And we talked about this in the last episode, like with ice fishing, it's like, I'm actually okay. I will tell you where to go. You still got to catch him. Mm. You know, like, wow. Ice fishing pan fish can be tough depending on the lake, depending on the weather, whatever, just because I tell you the spot, mm-hmm. like I could literally share the pin, right. like, all right, go here. I might do that if I know you mm-hmm. and I know that you're not that great of an angler. Right. Like, all right, we'll go there with your fucking sure. tip ups and giant fat adminos. You can get shit. Well, right. same, same thing with goose. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> arguably it's like the same thing with goose hunting though, in a way, like, right. you know what I mean? Sometimes like say on, on stale birds, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like I mean, you know right. what I mean? Sometimes just being underneath them isn't, it's isn't not enough. enough. No. And, and like you, you have to have, you know, like that knowledge and just like the mm-hmm. ability to I think, switch honestly, things up calling, and everything I think, like that. I think being a really good caller, like this year with these, I don't know, pressured geese or whatever, the decoy mm-hmm. shy geese or whatever, it's like it's really put my calling inadequacies right. on display. It's yeah. like. When I'm looking at social media and I'm seeing the guys that are competition callers right. on the day I'm hunting and they're smashing mm-hmm. and I'm watching girl or geese just not do it. Right. Like not flare, mm-hmm. just not, I'm not selling it. Right. And when that scenario springs up, mm-hmm. I have to assume it's me. It's like, and I'm just like, I feel like if I was a better caller... And that I don't have nobody to blame but myself. Mm-hmm. You know how many times I picked up my goose call in the off season? Zero. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm right. like, I'm not listening to David Goose when he's telling me on social media to get my reps in in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. you're shaming me right. in these social media posts, and it's just not working. No. Every day, man. Every day. I know. Day. I, I yeah. need to. It's like I need like to write out a schedule. Yeah. And, and the problem is that I am like this multifaceted outdoorsman. Like I'm, I'm not. Jack of all trades, master of none, right? I like right. the bass fish. So mm-hmm. spare time, well, I need to go scout that lake. I need to pre-fish. I need to do this and right. that. I'm a bow hunter. Am I shooting my bow every day like I should? No. Yep. 
Uh, but you know, archery season rolls around like, well, let's hit the woods. Right. Um, fortunately with like with archery though, I am a, a, like, I'm a pretty good shot. Uh, just straight muscle memory naturally. Thankfully I've always been kind of an instinctive shooter, which has helped me, even though now I don't shoot instinctive, I shoot with sights, but that still comes into play mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but you that, can, you can't it doesn't talk. let me off the hook though. I yeah. need like, I should be better. Like I need to schedule out my day. Like literally need to be like, all right, shoot your bow for fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Pick up the call for fifteen minutes. Hey, you right. got a lot it's going like, on, man. There's <laughs> a shit ton <laughs> going, on. Going, on. going on. It's ridiculous. But, but but the problem is I can't give up any of it. Like I've thought about mm-hmm. it, and it's like, uh, yeah, no, I know. And then you're, and then yeah, and then you I run a podcast. I like it all. Yeah, yeah. All this part's easy. This is after hours beers. <laughs> like we were gonna have this conversation anyways. Right. Pretty yeah. much. Right. We just. Yeah happen to do it with a headset on what would be cool like, is what would be cool is to do one in the pit that'd be cool but it would get interrupted a lot because that's fine are you are, are, are you ready to hunt tomorrow man well i mean i got a gun <laughs> <laughs> wait till, wait till you wait till you see this this pit man like no i'm actually really excited to see the pit i've only hunted out of a pit one time and i was down in arkansas and it was we knew we weren't really going to see anything that day it's just the the weather and the migration where it was at but i went up there to help uh, a guy pick up he had a Brand new, like two thousand full body spread. Mm. Fuck that, take forever to pick that thing up. <laughs> Literally, it's like a semi truck. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's huge. I mean, two. You don't realize how much space two thousand full bodies take. It's a lot. Oh, I'm yeah. here to tell you, it's oh, a lot. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I didn't have anything better to do, and that's just like, yeah, I'll help you out. Like he didn't ask. I'm just like, we need like one of the other guides I was working with. And a friend, he's like, well, I'm going up to help so-and-so pick up his spread. He's like, you need another hand? I'm like, oh, I'm sure he'd be happy to do it. Got nothing better to do. I don't have any clients tomorrow. I'll, I'll go hunt for the first three hours and pick up the spread. I'm like, no skin off my ass. And, it, like, you make a friend in the in the industry, you're like, why not? Like, mm-hmm. that could only benefit me. Right. I mean, worst-case scenario, nothing comes of it. Right. Like, big deal. Yeah. What was I going to do? Sit in sit on the couch and stare at the wall yeah. all day. Like I'd much rather pick up decoys and mm-hmm. then do nothing. We, we got a pretty big spread out of the, out of this pit tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's we uh, letting her rock. We got to, we're going to let her rip, man. Yeah. Full sin. I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Full sin. Full yeah. sin. I think you got like, <laughs> what? We got like 700 maybe. Probably yeah. That's seven. probably about oh, 700. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What kind of decoys? Mix. A lot of DOAs, yeah. but yeah, we got multiple. What do we got? Four trailers. Well, yeah. so so because well, right. we got we got <laughs> some of Peter's, some of the pit proper's decoys, and then we kind of yeah. we move those to one side of the pit, and then we put all of ours on the other side, so we don't yeah, get them mix intermixed. Them but yeah, it's a it's a big one. Yeah, good. That's gonna be sweet. I'm excited. I think the weather's gonna be good for it. Northwest winds tomorrow. We might oh. catch some. Migrate. Well, I mean, we yeah, I think yeah, it's it should yeah. be a pretty good line. And like I said, this pit, uh, yeah, you could live out of the sucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't I mind out, that. I, yeah. I knew when I was at Walmart, I'm like, I should just get stuff for making goose tacos. I should just Ooh. get it. I could make some right in, right right in there. I you sure there's could. A place to make some oh, yeah. food there. Oh yeah. I have to make a stop at the gas station or even Walmart early morning to get that. You don't come hunting pit with pit properties unless you eat well, man. Yeah. 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 You're going to come. Yeah. It's, full it's all day. The lodge here, the yeah. house is pretty nice. It is really nice. Yeah. What do you think of these mounts, man? Dude, They're these pretty. mounts are sick. They're yeah. like top quality. I don't know who does his work, but it's all. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're good. Yeah. Like anytime I see, well, dude, you had me at Eider. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Hanging out in the back. <sighs> That's such a bucket list yeah. bird for me. Yeah. 
You know, and that's a common. Like, you don't even have to get crazy for that. You can go to the East Coast for those. They're they're like mallards out there. Hmm. The wife and I took a uh, we took a vacation to uh, Boston. Well, the whole like all of New England. If you get anywhere near the water, you will see eiders. Hmm. Like they're everywhere. They're literally like the mallards, like our dock mallards here in Minnesota. They're eiders. They're everywhere down there. Like it's. If you went there, and I'm sure, if, and I didn't end up running into any waterfallers when I was there, but I guarantee you, if you're like, oh, I've always wanted to shoot an eider, they'd probably look at you like, you got a half hour? We'll go get yeah. a couple. Like, they're, they're right there. Go th- Just walk down there. to the water. Yeah, Here pretty you much. Go. They're everywhere. <laughs> like, I took a million pictures of them. I'm like, oh, my God, there's eiders. I was like that guy. I was, I was that tourist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just badass, dude. They're so cool. Mm. One of the coolest stories, uh, I think I read it in Waterfall Magazine, where a guy shot a banded eider. And what made the story cool is the guy that shot it banded that son of a bitch himself. Oh, wow. He was a researcher, wow. and it like way up in the Arctic is when he where he That's banded awesome. it on their nesting grounds. It's like, what are the fucking chances of that? <laughs> That's crazy. Hmm. I getting that band and be like, I recognize that number. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wish I wish you could like band your own geese. You know, I know. That would be so, so cool. Like if I knew where the geese that are like on my lake that I live on mm-hmm. went and where they get shot. Like, right. I you guys didn't so have cool. Did you guys have much banding programs up here this year no, with, with COVID nothing, or nothing? Nothing. None. They, didn't, they, didn't, they did they still did some duck banding. Really? But they didn't do any goose banding. Wow. Yeah. COVID That's kinda, interesting. COVID kind of screwed up oh, yeah. that shit up. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. But you can band your own mallards, though. You can buy those yeah. at, like, lot, they sell mallard ducklings at a lot of co-ops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to, I didn't get any this year. I usually do. I usually get, like, a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I don't band them, but I just, like, I just raise them. If they stick around, they stick around. If right. they fly away, they fly away. Like, right. I don't. Yeah. really give a shit what they mm-hmm. do i did have and, and they almost always fly away yeah i had one hen that stuck around for a whole winter mm. and then she she was a brutal mom she 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 raised like three chicken broods <laughs> oh <laughs> the eggs. chicken eggs yeah she's <laughs> like hey look eggs <laughs> yeah, that's right she the first something. time i walked up to your house you had all that you were out oh. feeding your ducks yeah yeah i don't have any ducks this year dude i had a bad summer i like i i was down to one chicken I think I had a fox that must she must uh, have had a den real close by because about every two three days I'd be missing three more. Mm. Went out, <clears throat> came home one day or got up one morning. There that bitch was, a chicken in her mouth right in my yard. Grabbed a twenty two, had it in the crosshairs, pulled the trigger, click. Uh. Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. Oh gosh. <laughs> God damn it! Just one bad round. Like what are the fucking chances? Yeah. Oh, I'm so pissed. They those predators seem to get lucky, don't they? When you're yeah, yeah. telling you. And then I put out a, and after that, I'm like, I just did a, a massive camp trap campaign. Nothing. Then couldn't get fox. Them. They're hard to catch. We've we've snared a couple because we've had the same problem you're talking about, and we ended up patterning where he was coming in. And we put a snare there, and it's very hard to snare a fox. But we ended up putting some fox urine like on the trail that he was coming up and everything, oh, nice. and we got him. But yeah, same same situation. <clears throat> yeah. Come one day, get like one or something. Next day, maybe another one, and then all of a sudden they're gonna do the raid, you know, and, yeah. and knock yeah. them all. Well, they, once they realize it's just yep. a grocery store, <laughs> oh, you yeah. can't stop them. Yep. I mean, yep. no, and so it's like, well, I'm not even gonna get any more chickens. Right. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that let one die off. for a while, yep. and then they're gonna realize that they'll find a new food source right. and move on. Right. And so now, I mean, I only I only have like six birds right now, but yeah, 
Well, as long as it's not like a weasel where they like kill the whole flock within like two days, you know. Well, I've had then I think I had a feral cat kill a bunch too. Oh, really? So I, <clears throat> I tried like three different times. I went and I'd buy chicks, hmm. and I'd put and I have a little separate run for all my chicks. It's totally enclosed, top sides, all that, half in, half out of my shed. And I go in there just to you know do the chores, give them water, give them food, and they're all dead. They'd be like one half eaten, the rest of them are just dead. I'm like, what in the fuck? Hmm. And I couldn't figure out how something was getting in there. And I kind of thought weasel, but I'm like, no, this isn't. Mm-hmm. I've seen weasel kills, yeah. and it didn't look like that. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously just like thrill killing. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, like, I pulled this. Uh, I just had a pallet, like, leaning up against there. And I don't know why, but I, like, looked behind there, and then there's, like, a spot of the chicken wire that just was pushed up. Oh. And I, the reason I think it's a cat, because one time I went back there to, um, going back there to do the chores, and I this cat wild cat took off and he was looking guilty as fuck mm. kind of looking over his shoulder like you know <laughs> running away i'm like you motherfucker <laughs> stray cats yeah i shoot them i don't yeah whatever yeah. If they don't have a collar on they're fair game even if they do it's like a banded goose <laughs> fuck him you let your class sorry but you let your ditch tiger run around <laughs> that little murderous bastard is going to get it on my property oh, yeah. some of them got phone numbers you could call it in like that. <laughs> <laughs> some of them have implants so oh, they get their whole medical boy. history Watch it's like a geo tracker. <laughs> just wanted to know where he was collar and what year and how old he was. <laughs> just call it in. Uh, Bring that thing to the vet. Yeah, who owns this? Throw it on your lanyard. There yeah, you go. <laughs> you end up calling a Karen. Yeah, you know, oh, for sure, 100%. Wouldn't be that much. To, like, I wonder if they do that in Australia. Like, it's they have, like, in Australia, they have hunting magazines with people, like, they do grip and grins with cats. Like, just, there's a calico. There's <laughs> a big old tabby. Because yeah. it's like. Th- like they have, they give no fucks for like invasive species over there. It's like kill them all. If do they, not do they shoot kangar- kangaroos and stuff over there? Yeah, you can uh, you can hunt reds, the big reds. Is, isn't there like a like a farm they in farm Texas them. or whatever that yeah. where you can go and shoot a kangaroo or Five, something like dude, that? Dude, there is a farm in Texas where you can shoot any living animal <laughs> that, that has ever lived. I'm almost positive. Like, there's so many like. There are so many wild exotics in Texas because I don't know how, <laughs> but they always get out somehow. Like Texans must be the worst people, the worst fence putter uppers of all time because they can't keep their livestock in. Like they have no rules of like what you can keep and what you can't keep. If you can buy one, you can have it legally in Texas. Mm. There's elons running around and nil guys and black bucks and fallow deer like. Oric, you name it. There's zebras. You, dude, you could be driving through Texas and see a fucking herd of wild zebras. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the yeah. fuck? And I think on Joe Rogan, he says this all the time. He's always like, there are more tigers in captivity in Texas than in all the wilds of the world. Wow. Oh, I believe it. What do they own tigers for? Just because... Rich can, oil man. people need to spend money on shit, and what you want to impress your lady, you buy her a tiger cub. They're not <laughs> even expensive. You can get a regular tiger cub is five hundred bucks. Hey man, didn't you see Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, Joe Exotic. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, dude. I mean, if you could keep them this big, I'd love a tiger cub. But the problem is they they grow up. They're eight hundred pounds, <laughs> and then they can eat you, <laughs> <laughs> and will eventually. Uh. Like you miss one feeding. That's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. Now, five hundred bucks for a tiger cub. That's just yeah. That's like not even cheap. Cheap. That's an impulse buy. You, 
too much, too many golden lights one night, too much perusing on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Boom. Next thing you know, you got a tiger cub showing up at your house the next morning. You're like, fuck, what did I just do? Yeah, ask, ask Peter, Peter, you want to hop on here or no? Or you got stuff going on? Yeah, if he wants it, I can see the look in his eye. Sit down. <laughs> Cool. Grab bring yourself one. a beer yeah, too. Bring it. Bring another one while you're at it. <clears throat> oh, it's like teetotalers around here. Can't believe everybody's. Sure. Ooh, tall boys. Nice. I like it. Did you Did you go by out out there at all? We got a pretty big setup oh, going on. Big house. Yeah. No, but uh, I was eavesdropping on you guys and. I was like, oh, I better get out there and take some drone photos. Yeah, yeah you buzzed over us, didn't you? They looked pretty yeah, sweet, yeah, looking at them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you guys are talking about your spread out at the big house, I might have to come check that out. <laughs> nice. What's the wind speed supposed to be tomorrow? Like 15. 15. Yeah. Northwest. Northwest, Could yeah. Could get yeah. greasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, we, 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 I don't know, we kind of, what did we have, like 25 minutes tonight? It was pretty. Yeah. Kind of last half hour, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't it's know. It's kind of, you know, you're so far out of town at that point. Mm -hmm. You got to wait the extra 10, 15 minutes for them to get out. Right. This weather. Yeah. But I think they'll fly pretty early tomorrow. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. I think you'll have more of an all-day flight. It's supposed, mm -hmm. to, it's supposed to be, like, partly cloudy. Right. So, it should, yeah, they should roll. Yeah, because it's not even supposed to get above freezing. It'll be all right tomorrow. They yeah. they fed they yeah. fed hard to the west of us. Like what? They yeah. like landed in the field and fed. Yeah, like two hundred yards in to the, the west. Corn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As he grins, really. <laughs> well, the problem was is with the wind. We had, we were set up for the because yeah, north northwest with the beans right. out front, but they didn't really want to be in the beans for whatever reason. They wanted to be in that corn, but the wind was set up for the beans, so it was sure. like yeah, it was hard to get them because everybody's lids were obviously on the other side, so for people to turn around and everybody couldn't see them, and right. it was just kind of a shit show. But what do you do? That's yeah. Just, but you're in a pit, so I mean, people, you, you can. Shoot from any direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite part of, you know, when, when I bring people into these pits is walking them down the stairs and just, like, <laughs> listening to here is like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't want to. one of those buried cabins. <laughs> yeah, no. It, can't wait. It is cool. It, it, it yeah. doesn't get old. Yeah. There's plenty of room in that one out there. Yeah, that thing is just a hoss. I even, well, every year I walk into the city pit in September and I'm like, Wow, this thing is big. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the crops come off over at the big house, and you walk down there, and you're like, wow, that city pit is really small. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's a big pit. I don't know if we'll ever go any bigger than that one. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I've yeah. Seen, I've seen videos and I've seen pictures of these elaborate pits, but yeah. the only pit I've been in so far, like I said, is just that metal box. Mm -hmm. It's literally it like a shipping container. Yeah, sunk into a field. The city was your cut. the first one, right? Or was that Nellie's or what? Or the first, yeah, the the first, you know, big fancy one with the basement was the city. The city, okay. And the one before that was Nellie's. Nellie's, which yeah. I, I did, I did go out there. And yeah, see that, that was yeah. pretty funny. We we were scrambling for a spot. When was that? Last Saturday. Last Saturday, yep. There's a weird flight line on the south side that we don't usually. 
See, there's a really hard flight line because of a random roost with, I don't know, 5,000 birds in right. it. Right, yeah. And we wanted to get in this flight line. Mm. The city is is already on the flight line, and and I have we have an old pit on the other side of the interstate that just doesn't get utilized that much anymore because the city put cut, cuts it cuts, cuts it off. off. Mm. Yeah. So it's but well, we wanted to get on this flight line. Somebody we already had another group in the city. In the city. Yeah. So Jacob's like, well, Jacob wanted to run a frames at this field, and I'm like, well. I suppose if you're going to run A-frames, you might as well run, run the, the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we drove up to the pit, and it was just in ruins. It got hit by, last year it got hit by, um, I think, uh, chisel plow. Mm. Oh, no. And it was, it. yeah, it was usable, I, th- I think, last year from what Henry told That's me. That's going to fuck up their equipment, you'd think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that thing won the battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we went out there this year, and it was like, uh, no. Well, no, well, right, because because no, Jacob told me he's like, he's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hunt the pit out at Nelly's, and but Peter's like, I, uh, Peter said I gotta go look at it to see if I can hunt out of it. He's he's like, oh yeah, we can we can go hunt out of it. <laughs> we get out there. Peter's already out there. And, P- and Jacob jumps down there, and he's like. Yeah, I don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> so I always wondered about that. Like, so they just they they just like do their farming stuff around the pit. Yes. Okay. So that's yep. just a little swath of it. Doesn't get planted. Doesn't get plowed. Doesn't whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they do it in the fall, I also was eavesdropping on you guys talking about how they till their fields. Yep. Mm-hmm. Around here, and that crushes me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh, like. Hits deep. Yeah, it does. Well, beyond the fact that the the field no longer has color, and it's just ten times harder to pull the birds, especially when it's beans. You know, if it's a cornfield, the the field still has a little bit of color. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, th- I think the birds are just looking for corn this time of year. Anyway, I think so too. Right. So it's it's a bean field. You don't have the color. You don't have where they want to be. Right. And it just makes for a hard situation. And then uh, the tillage equipment, they'll run. Typically what they'll do is they'll just they'll turn around it. You know, um, I have talked farmers into making it a straight line. So they have to back up and they'll make it a straight line and they'll make a they'll make a pass. So you have even lines. But when they till around it. Um, on one side and the other, it makes like a big eyeball, uh, and the geese are really wise to that around mm-hmm. here. Sure. So it, and it's it's, al- it's almost impossible to get rid of. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds especially like- when you have you know a twelve foot wide pit. That's mm-hmm. you know if if you got a four foot wide pit, it's a little bit easier. You can almost bury it in decoys. Mm-hmm. But a twelve foot wide pit, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little odd. Yeah. It's a lot of real estate. That is, man. <laughs> what kind of sparked you guys' idea to kind of go big and make it like such a luxurious experience? Was that kind of clientele based? You're kind of looking for a certain type of client or is it just, just want yeah, to have fun with it? Or? We did it for fun. Uh, when we hit, when we put Nellie's in, we got a little camp stove grill and it started out on a really small scale. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
David Knowles, our guy, Dunk Man, he doesn't mess around with the cooking. And I actually, the first time I met him, he came out to Nelly's Pit. And he had been in a layout all day before. And he was just <laughs> talking about, he was out in a layout in a snowstorm. And they didn't see a bird. And Whoa, he sat there all day. Yeah. And he sat and talked about how miserable that was. But he showed up with enough food for, like, 30 guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was so happy just to be sitting in a pit. Back and we had this, li- you know, this little, you know, f- little four-foot pit and this little camp stove grill. And we grilled all day. You know, you just, you you can only make a little bit of food at a time. So you're just grilling right. like, the whole day. And uh, when when we got access to the city pit, it's actually in the grass it's not in the field oh okay so kind of what sparked it is we can do whatever we want with this thing Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter how big it is Mm. and uh cool you know we weren't we weren't the first people to make a little bit fancier Mm -hmm. pit um we just we were i mean we got the idea and i drew up a set of plans and i told the I told the landowner, I was like, it's going to be pretty big. I mean, you know how that is. It's hard enough to ask him to dig a hole. But then, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and like you're, you're, it was all good, but he, he walked out there. One bushel less. <laughs> right. I'm just telling you right now. Right. He, one well, he bushel. walked out there, he's like, you aren't kidding. This thing is pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even saw that too when we were when you when the hole was in the ground for the big house too. The farmer came out. Oh, he's like, it's a big hole. I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty nervous when we dug that one too. Uh, uh, I was like, we we got to get this thing in the ground. Yeah, because once it's in the ground, it's in, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's not to worry about anymore. Yeah, but when it was open, the last two pits when they're open, the neighbors literally called both of the farmers in both these cases and asked them if they were building a house up there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> he got the excavator up there. And all this. Yeah, we're pouring the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What do you guys take a lot of? Do you guys have it, like, pre-framed and take it on a trailer? Do you guys do all that out there? Uh, <clears throat> or pre-assembled? We've done, it both, we've done okay. it both ways. Yeah. Okay. We've done it both ways. The, the big house... We pre-assembled it, and it went really well mm-hmm. when we got it out there, right? which was awesome because last year, the corn took so long to come off, and we popped that thing in in, I don't know, like from, I think it was less than 48 hours from when, once we broke ground, we, I think we shot a limit out of it. Wow. It was pretty, it was a pretty cool deal. Yeah. <clears throat> Because you had hunted, you had even hunted, I remember, I think you had hunted that field, and then Henry was out digging that hole, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, that was, Henry, yeah, he's yeah. a hardcore dude, <laughs> and uh, we we actually had uh, Steve Scheel, the owner of Scheel's All Sports out there that morning, and we were hunting A-frames, and uh, before I, well, as I pulled into the field, to go set the spread and set the A-frames for this hunt, Henry was already out there in the morning with his mini excavator digging that hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was pretty cool. And we had a, we built we built them, we panelized those ones, and we had I borrowed a uh, telehandler from my buddy, and then we just started popping them in. They went in like Legos. Hmm. 
Yeah, that one worked out pretty good. Cool. Do you get to hunt? Do you hunt much? Oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> well, I, I ask I it because like Dean with Premier, he doesn't not hunt anymore. Yeah, he hasn't hunted in years. He makes his laps around town and delivers, and yeah, yeah, yeah. keeps in touch with everybody. But yeah, 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 he's Mr. Personality, yep. but he doesn't hunt anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm I. I didn't know that it was going to go this way, but it really has gone that way that I have not been able to hunt very mm. much. I did hunt on uh, Wednesday. I did hunt yeah. on Wednesday. Yep. We didn't yeah. have any guides. And there, I think they're pretty burnt out anyway. Mm. But it ended up, it kind of, we didn't have a guide. And and it kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh, we don't have a guide. Like, <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> and I was, pretty I was pretty excited about it. Oh, that's fun. It didn't, it didn't go well. But, uh, yeah. Um, before that, it had been two weeks since I had hunted. Okay. Well, you are getting out once in a while. That's still something. I try to, yeah. It, I think it's important to get out once in a while. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you know, mm -hmm. he, for multiple reasons, right, but to see right. what, you know, to get a feel for what the birds are doing personally, you know, I get, I get the, that feel from the guides, but, uh, uh, to get that feel and just to get out and hunt you know right. once yeah. in a while right um it makes me feel better to be in my truck and see what the birds are doing like that makes me feel more comfortable mm -hmm. than to be out on a hunt because when i'm out on a hunt i kind of feel like i don't know what's going on right stuck in one area. Yeah. yeah yep yeah, yeah. <coughs> how many years has pit properties been going uh four years four years now four years. okay mm -hmm. oh, for some reason i thought it was longer than that yeah it hasn't been long you know, and it's it's a little confusing because we had um, three pits in place when we started it. So it's not we we had three pits in place, and then we actually started the out like the guide service. Okay. So we were already kind of set up mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, sure. It's not like yeah, yeah. So cool. Well, and with the volume of birds you guys have, I mean, you don't necessarily need that many pits well, to begin with. Hot, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a hot, yeah. hot spot for geese. Oh, gosh. What's, but the elephant in the room, right, is aren't they is, – isn't, like, future kind of – See what happens. If he appears as far as, like, the power we'll plant. See what, we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I that's – it's going to be really interesting. Um, you always have the Artel River, though. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I – don't think it's going to play an effect because I do. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. But I will say, um, it it get it it gets blown up like the power plant in Fergus, the power plant in Fergus. Well, when there's open water all over the county, mm -hmm. the power plant's really not that big of a deal. Right. I was going to say, and still the got last, the Artill River is going to keep a lot of The last three birds. years, the power plant hasn't. Um, hasn't played an effect because we've had open water until throughout the county. That's also holding birds, mm -hmm. right? Um, it was it was three falls ago. We had that magic Fergus Falls December. That was amazing, mm. <laughs> and um, that's something we might not have so much anymore. Is there any gravel pits like in the area, like any private bodies of water that like throw a few ice seeders in, keep that thing rocking? Not really like there is in Roch. No, no, no. I mean, there's obviously a lot of lakes. Time to start know. digging. 
Well, and like with the open water that you're talking about, a lot of that's probably the sheer volume of birds that are using these. Yeah, there's there's right. birds that just keep, keep stuff it open. open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, when you got how many, you know, thousand, I mean. Yep. Yeah. But I think one one thing that I want to point out, I guess, is in in December, or we have, in Fergus, we haven't had a good December for three years. So mm-hmm. the last two years, like... From the outs, from from people that aren't in Fergus every day, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably thinking they're smashing birds in Fergus. They're smashing, and we do in November. Mm-hmm. And I think we still will in November. Mm-hmm. I I would sure like to think so. Oh, I think in the last two yeah. years, we haven't we haven't really had that December, and mm. I think we'll be more vulnerable to that not having a good December anymore. And I think that's what the yeah. power well, plant. Will. I think this year the December should be good with as mild as it's been. Right. I mean. If we're going to get ice, Mother Nature's going to have to kick it in the ass because it's pretty warm. Mm-hmm. I was working in a T-shirt today. Like, right. It was 54 degrees mm-hmm. where I was at. Like, yeah. But no it, kidding. It's yeah. it's really gearing up for what looks to be a good December. Mm-hmm. Right. They could, you know, it one one weather system can change that. In yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You get that one. Right. And at this time of year, when you get a cold front, you get a cold front. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it's not, it, they'll play. Yeah, I think it was the first weekend of December last year. It was negative 10 for, mm-hmm. like, five days. Yeah. And we shut yeah. down after that. Yeah. Oh, I remember, too. I remember you telling me about that, and then I got a buddy down in Des Moines, and he's like, look at all these double rivet bands. <laughs> 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 my, uh, my Facebook memories are reminding me that I was ice fishing this weekend <laughs> right. last year. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Two totally different seasons. Yeah. I could still, I could, I could easily break the, put the boat in the water and do some fishing. And if I wasn't, uh, there's still an outside chance I might do that Sunday if the weather's nice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Time to start. Oh, yeah. Drop it in, keep doing some, open water scouting for mm-hmm. the upcoming tournament season ice fishing tournament season can't wait sure no a lot this i'm excited i'm excited to see this pit tomorrow mm-hmm. oh yeah that's fun we got some we got a bunch of hamburgers what we could we nah, i got i'm gonna have to stop today. i gotta get stuff to make tacos i'm gonna make <laughs> you guys tacos i don't care if i pull the trigger i don't give a shit you guys kill them i'll cook them uh, <laughs> okay. right on the spot okay Hmm. I ain't scared. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> got some from today too. That That's we just, true. We could yeah, use we that, could use that right off the bat. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's the f- the world famous ta- goose tacos. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. All yeah. right. I'd like to try those. Oh, <laughs> so good. Right, so now I got to do it. I built it up. Now I'm scared. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. You're making it sound like yeah. no. It's really good. Yeah. It's, it's good. I like and I like to point it out because it's, you don't do anything fancy with it. Mm. It's none of this stuff you hear bullshit online. Like oh, I'm gonna soak it in this and soak it in that and marinate it for 36 hours and do no no no. You don't have to do any of that shit. Like it's super easy. Cut it up, cook it, eat mm. it. It's good. Sure. It's quick. It's relatively quick. Anyways, 30 minutes you're gonna be eating. That's bomb. Almost 11 o'clock. We should probably get some sleep. Yeah, boys, we got some geese yeah. to go tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. How do they get a hold of Pit Properties? Uh, give me a call. 218-205-5358. Or look us up on Facebook. Or uh, pitproperties.com. And the, on the gram? Are you on the gram? We're on Instagram as well. Right. Yep. All right. Well, Get into it. Go follow him. Cause he's got apparently he's got some kick-ass footage oh, yesterday. Yeah, and hopefully he'll make some new new ones tomorrow, huh? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we yeah. got some good stuff. We'll check today. that thing out. That'll yeah, sweet. for sure. Right. Thanks, guys, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.